I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back with another great episode and a fantastic guest who I'm so excited to introduce. And we kind of have an interesting history on how we both know her separately and together, which is super fun. Yes. Please welcome our guest today, uh, Leanne. Leanne, say hello. Hello. Uh, Leanne and I work together on, uh, have we ever talked about what game? I guess we can. It doesn't really matter. I don't think you've talked about what you've worked on. We're both in the video game on. industry yeah. and we both worked on Skyrim, uh, at Bethesda Game Studios and that's how we knew each other. Now, yeah. Tara Don't and all Leanne, faint at once, listeners. Oh, jeez. Good lord. <laughs> I love Skyrim as we talked Literally earlier. Literally was playing it I'm playing it right now. <laughs> the recording started. But uh, you guys knew each other. How how old were you guys when you guys? So I don't. We were young. We were really. Right? I would say like seven. I don't know. Like yeah. Because I. So this is what I keep thinking about our friendship, Tara. I feel like it's kind of one of those things where we hang out. We get along really. We always get along really well when we're playing together. And then all of a sudden we part ways for a few years. And then all of a sudden we meet back up again, like in different yeah. sections of our lives. You know. I agree. Yeah, it's happened like multiple times. But yeah, we started. Our moms worked at the hospital together. Together. they were nurses oh, that's yeah right, that's right. so that's kind of how we started and like leanne's mom made like some of my halloween costumes yes. as a unicorn one year yeah yep. and so that costume how have i never made, seen your unicorn i don't know i'll have to ask my mom to get costume. i don't think i currently have pictures like I, that i have my mom right. has them somewhere um uh, so does does your mom listen to this podcast no okay <laughs> because her mom likes to take pictures of pictures and send it yes to us. yeah 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 <laughs> like she she puts out a picture and takes a picture of it and no offense to Teresa. Teresa, if you ever listen to this, I love you. But she does <laughs> like she she doesn't frame it very well. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's just like a it's picture. a square. It's framed for you. Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, it's <laughs> or fine. we'll see the actual frame it's in. It's great anyway. Uh, but yeah, so I'll have to see if she can get us one of those. But um, but yeah, so we used to like play together and used to go over to Leanne's house, and we didn't live far away from each other nah. either. We were we lived in the same town. Like it would be maybe a little bit of a walk, but like. If it wasn't a main road, we could have ridden bikes to each other. We really could have. Just kind of like not the like safest road if you were young. To <laughs> yeah. Be on a bike. Is it the one that went by Central? Yeah, the one yeah, that yeah, goes yeah. by our high school. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't ride a bike on that. Yeah. Well, and especially you've seen it now since it's busier. I guess it was a little bit more safe. When yeah, we were yeah, growing yeah. Up, yeah. At least but... there were a little bit more dirt roads then, like you know, yeah, less traffic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, and then yeah, and we're a year apart grade wise. So then yeah, we kind of like drifted apart and then connected again in high school. And we're super close, hung out all the time. Yeah, totally. and there was like a group of us who like kind of did everything together. And then I feel like I came across, and I don't know if I still have it, but I was like going through like my box of sentimental items and have a letter from you that you wrote when you went to college, like the first oh, year, like yeah. we were like writing back and forth to one another. Uh-huh. And so then we kind of like drifted apart again. And then when I moved to Maryland, uh, I knew you were working at that company. And I think I had, I don't can't remember if I reached out to you before I started talking to Ryan or if it was just around that time. So, but then, yeah, I, I don't. 
I feel like maybe we saw each other once before. I that, think we but did. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was like once we went out for like tapas or something with John. Because it's like, yes, oh, we're like yeah. in the same area. <laughs> yeah, you know? we're all in the same area. Yeah. John, John will be a uh, he will be a guest, guest on, on Hunchback. Hunchback. Oh, that's we're awesome. John on yeah. For that. yeah, that's a very John to hear movie. his dulcet. <laughs> his dulcet tones I on know. this podcast. Uh, so yeah, I feel like we met up and then it was kind of like, you know, life gets in the way or whatever. And then Ryan and I started talking but hadn't met yet. Mm-hmm. So we- I very, I, Leanne, I don't know if you remember this because I may have like uh, hyperbolized it in my head, but I very distinctly <laughs> remember like getting something because it was like we're fine out. She's like, oh, I know someone. Where, what, where do you work? I told her. Oh, I know someone who works there. Who? And then I get the email at work. Uh, her name's Leanne. And I like went over to your desk and was like, can you tell your friend Tara I'm not a creep? Which is like the creepiest <laughs> thing you can ask someone <laughs> to, to say. Yeah. I, I I mean, I think I was kidding about it. I was like, hey, yeah. I'm talking to your friend. Can you tell her I'm cool or something? Yeah, like you're that? lucky like, that um, Tara messaged me first and I already gave yeah. you like a good referral, so to she, speak. Yeah, oh, she, yeah. Already, yeah, yeah she gave you a good review. Yeah. You guys, the games industry is a small industry, so it's always good to, uh, to have friends and make be, be friendly with everyone. Don't burn any bridges. Yes. Yeah. You never know when someone could help you with a job or a spouse. <laughs> or a relationship, yeah. But yeah, it was so funny how it all like kind of came to be like that. And then I feel like then shortly after that, then you you left. Went to Seattle, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. I, I'm kind of sad that I wasn't able to like stick around longer to like hang out with you guys as a unit. Because I it's funny because <laughs> I know you guys more from like separate lives, you know, than necessarily yes. as like a combined unit. And it would be pretty cool to just see that chemistry because... I remember when uh, Tara messaged me and told me like, oh, I'm going to be meeting this guy, Ryan, you know, like, um, you know, and he works with you. And here I am. I'm like, I know like three Ryans at Bethesda. There's yeah, a lot yeah, of Ryans. Well, yeah, I could come to find out there's like seven Ryans yeah. at the company. <laughs> but then but then luckily I, I kind of was able to like pare it down in my mind. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, this one's married. This Yeah, one's- right, yeah. right. But I, like, it's funny because like I like I've worked with you, Ryan, and like you're really awesome to work with and everything. And, oh, thank you. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, they totally would be, like, awesome for each other. <laughs> like, it just never crossed my mind. I was like, oh, that's so perfect, you know? So it uh, it makes me so happy you guys ended I'm up I'm glad that's your story and, like, not like, well, this will never work. And <laughs> then, like, oh, I guess, well, well I was wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, it is funny how it all kind of worked out like that. And then we've, like, to come full circle – we hung out when we were all like home for Christmas together, yes. which was also super fun. Yeah. So. And I think we talked about it then. It's like, this is the first time all of us have. Have been in like the same room. Together. Yeah. 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 Um, but going back to, di- I could talk, listen, this is not a podcast about me and Tara. About and our you. personal like, lives. <laughs> it is in a little bit. But we well, can... I just thought that was such an, an it's very interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Then how a lot, we know a lot of our other guests. So you guys having grown up uh, as, as little kids together, did you guys mm-hmm. ever have any, like, do you have any strong Disney memories together? You also, if you have them, if Leanne, if you have some apart, like, did you guys have. I distinctly remember, yeah, all of high school, really, right? Like, we were like hardcore Disney fans. And I mean, that's funny. I meant to be like the little kid, and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. no. We were huge, like, huge nerds about, uh, well, about everything in general, but like musicals, Disney, Mm -hmm. like drawing Disney stuff, singing Disney music. Mm Yeah. Speaking of our friend John, 
I realized we said his last name earlier. I'll I don't know. Oh, shoot. Word. Sorry. I didn't no, mean to. No, it's fine. No worries. It's, fine. it's hard not to refer to him in his full name because that's how we. That's how it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. His full name. But John yeah. at the piano and all of us like around that's, the piano. That's like, exactly what I was yeah. thinking playing about. Playing Disney songs? Yes. Yeah, I, Hunchback. Yeah, playing Disney, playing Hunchback, playing See, Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Okay. Like, if I can't love her, which I mentioned in Beauty and the Beast, oh, I right, have specific right. memories. Granted, that's from the musical, not from the Disney yeah. film, but still. Yeah. I mean, I'm you guys, I'm sure, you and John and, 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 and whatever, I'm sure you guys went through your own probably trials and tribulations I cannot even imagine. But there's part of me that thinks it must have been nice to grow up without toxic masculinity making you go, I'm too cool for Disney movies. Because, you know, they we're talking about we're reaching that spot that's my, like, blank spot because I'm oh, in high school. Yeah. And I'm like, Disney movies are for kids. I'm an adult. I watch, you know, important movies like yeah. Army of Darkness. I Rrr. mean, I'm sure all of that existed. <laughs> I just feel like there was a large enough group of us yeah. that, like, I, we yeah. kind of were in our own bubble. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, like, there, people were saying all sorts. I'm sure we got made fun of and whatever, but like there was enough of us, and we did enough no, of the same thing. What I'm saying yeah. is nobody cared. Like the thing yeah, people don't realize, guess, if yeah, you're in high school friends, and you're listening to this, if someone is making fun of you for something, they're dealing with more stuff internally than they are than you're the problem. Do you understand? Like yeah, either people yeah. don't really care because they're because they're all sitting around thinking everyone else cares. Yeah. <laughs> That's True. what I'm saying. I was doing that to myself. Yeah. Nobody was, there was no external stuff going, don't watch Disney movies. Yeah. It was internalized, like, I don't watch and Disney And I'm sure movies. there were a million things that I was, like, yeah. obsessing on what people thought, but the, I guess that, that wasn't, wasn't one, one of them, them because, yeah. like I said, there were so many of us, like, a, cl- a group of us were in marching band together. Mm-hmm. So, like, some of us were in marching band together, then some of us were in musicals together, and, and then, then some traveling of us, like, chorus. were in yearbook, or, or yeah. yeah, traveling chorus, like... So some of us were in all of those things and some of, and then others were just in one or two of those things. So it was Mm -hmm. like, then that became this larger group of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I like you bring that up, Ryan, I'm kind of thinking now, like I didn't realize how lucky I was to end up in a tribe, I guess. (laughs) Like we found our people for, you know, we found our people and had our people for a long time. And I will say a lot of us, have stayed in touch, not like the group as a whole, but mm-hmm. like, I know they're, you know, you're strongly connected with certain people from that group. I'm still strongly connected with certain people from that group. So I think we've been very fortunate in that way too. Yeah. Can we make a promise? And then I swear we'll get to the movie here. Uh, <laughs> can we make a promise that if we're, if we can get together after this whole thing's over, we'll find a piano, we'll find John. Again, you we'll, said oh, well, see, I, that's his name. His name that is his John. name. John <laughs> yeah. and his last name. Um, we'll, we'll get a piano and we'll all sing. Yes, I would yes. love that. I would love a reunion. Let's do that. Do a reunion tour. Um, but for right now, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about this movie. Now, first I want to point out, Leanne, I don't think we've said this, but you are an animator. Yes. I don't know if I said what you did at uh, 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 on Skyrim. Um I swear we must have talked about Skyrim during the Black Cauldron episode. I don't know why this is like know. picking at my brain. Maybe, but anyway. yeah, that's fine. Um, but uh, so like, do you think you were drawn, <laughs> drawn uh-huh. to it. like Disney movies and things like that when you were young, when you were a kid? Like, I mean, it's for, for who we are, and for I think most of the world, the twentieth century, uh, it was the premiere and sometimes own like like the 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 big you know that was. They were the king of the art of animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were definitely going through a second golden age, for sure, during the 90s, yeah. which was pretty fertile for, like, all of us growing up. Um, 
And yeah, I'm definitely not the only animator, I'm pretty sure, of this generation to say that like Disney was pretty much what got me into it. I mean, yeah. um, when I was like, I remember when I was in elementary school, um, you know, we went to Disney World in Florida and they had they had the world of animation or that animation yeah. tour. Yeah. Do, okay. Was that the one with Walter Cronkite and yes, Robin Williams? That's yes. it. That's we it. We should probably talk about that video. Yeah. Do you know what we're talking about? I don't know. It's Walter Cronkite's giving a, like, he's, I'm Walter Cronkite and this is how animation works. And then Robin Williams is playing a person, like a, a, a tourist at Disney World. Yes. And then they turn him into a lost boy for a new peter pan cartoon and he oh. fights and it, it, it's 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 way it's more, really involved way it's... more pc than the uh like yeah like so he's fly- this is before aladdin wasn't it it was it was yeah. oh neat yeah so yeah and he fights like actual captain hook and huh. stuff like that and it's great because you really do walk through like you know they kind of show a little bit of like Disney animation, uh, Disney animation studios when they were in Florida. So you get to see the animators in action, like, you know, at their drafting tables, drawing, you know, in betweens or, you know, keyframes or what have you. Do you remember the Shiner brewery tour? Yeah. So it felt like that where you're up above and you're like kind of looking oh, down through yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously I don't want to like objectify animators. No. Like that. It's not like watching <laughs> bottles go on. on a yeah. 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 So, but like that. I, that's but what the I idea think of, of is like, like you're, you're up, up higher. And, and it's cool. Cause you see them like they've got everything we've seen in the making of, they've got the flip stuff. They've got the, the uh, clay uh, models of the mm-hmm. characters, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, wow! I haven't thought about. It. I love that when yes. we went to that. I always always go to that one. I love that one. Yeah, it's funny. I have I have no. I can't draw at all. I have a terrible artist. <laughs> I used to doodle a lot in, in in high school or in in like elementary school and uh, middle school. I used to. This is a very weird thing to say now, but I used to draw like World War One era ducks. So it was ducks with like <laughs> Panzer helmets and <laughs> tanks, and they were always at war with other ducks. It was a very weird thing for me to draw, like in hindsight. <laughs> Because I'm assuming some kid, you know, you draw a bunch of German army things in co- in, in high school. They're like, oh, no, what's happening? Yeah. But oh, anyway, I, um, uh, I also used to draw like anthropomorphic. I thought this was really funny. It was like bombs or d- sticks of dynamite. But they had like really happy faces. I don't know why I always thought that <laughs> you, was funny. You and my husband need to talk more because you're pretty much mirroring what he used to draw when he was a kid too. Yes, oh it was always gosh, like weapons. So funny. It was like an old timey like revolver. But had, anyway, anyway, this is neither here nor there. We're gonna let's go ahead because my next question for you is about this movie, which we are you know 15 minutes into the podcast. We haven't mentioned the name of the movie. We are Toy watching Story. Toy Story, mm-hmm, Pixar's mm-hmm. Toy Story, um, the first computer animated full length. Mm-hmm. Feature, feature film yeah um disney's first foray into full-length computer animation um did this and, and it's weird to me thinking about this movie because if you told me like it, like if you asked when i thought this movie come out i don't think i would have said 1995 yeah for some reason i feel like i was older but right maybe right? not yeah <laughs> like... but do you do you think this had any sort of like push towards computer animation because this feels like it opened up a whole new a whole new world of like <laughs> animation you could do, not just like yeah, no, you know, pen and paper. Yeah, so it, it's crazy. So after I went on that Disney tour when I was like in elementary school, I was like immediately hooked on Disney, and I wanted to be a two D animator. I even like 
looked up all the animator names, you know, of like various yeah. like movies. Like I bought. Yeah. Um, Who's I your remember... favorite animator of the of the old ones? Like your favorite old animator? Well, I guess Glenn Keane. So, yeah. <laughs> but I feel nice. like yeah, like it's kind of funny because like you know back then Glenn Keane was very young. Um, you know, he was being trained by the nine old men. Um, but uh, but the thing is, is that like uh, the. I was really into all of this. I was taking a lot of the advice to heart, you know, um, you know, go to life drawing sessions and like, you know, observe from life. So that's mostly what I did as a kid. I was trying to draw things I saw and um, trying to like, you know, emulate that. And I wasn't the best observational artist for sure. Um, but I was definitely the youngest person to go to a life drawing session at, uh, you know, like at the local artist guild, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which was kind of funny um, in high school drawing like nude people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's got to be yeah. some sort of like legal, like you know, like if if like, listen, if I was that age, I was, I was like, I heard the naked people are here. They wouldn't be like, come on in, kid. They'd be no. like, get out of here. <laughs> they knew you were serious. Get out of yeah, here, bro. Yeah. So it was yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. funny though. Like my mom would drop me off at this artist guild that uh, Dana told me about um, from her mom, and like <laughs> I would go there with my varsity jacket, you know, totally like aging me. <laughs> And then I'm surrounded by these, like, kind of, like, 50 year and above, you know, and they were very nice. Like, they actually yeah. would, like, kind of give me, like, critiques sometimes, which was really great. Um, but that was, like, my high school weekends, you know, when I wasn't doing other stuff I for school. I don't think I knew that. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because, uh, like, I think back to it, I was very, I, I was very quiet about this very strong passion I had for animation. I was not, yeah, yeah I was not vocal about it at all as a high schooler. And I, th it was something I wanted to do since I was in elementary school. Um, yeah. So yeah, when Toy Story came out, um, I immediately was like, wow, this is the future, you know, like I got to learn how to do this. Cause like during all this time I was working on my drawing, my 2d work, because that's what they say you need to get. Like Glenn Keen said, you have to draw all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but then when Toy Story came out, I was like, okay, so this is the direction the industry is going. And it's funny, video game animation, by the way, never really occurred to me, Ryan, because I thought all video games came from Japan. <laughs> okay. I, I, when I was like literally in college and they said like they're opening the SMU Guild Hall for that, I was like, my brain, like, so I don't know if I talked about this in the podcast before. I was way older than I care to admit when I realized Chewbacca wasn't played by Chewbacca. Um, like, it wasn't like, and Chewbacca as himself. <laughs> um, so, like, I hadn't, I didn't know where video games came from, but I hadn't really thought about them. And I think if you'd really pressed me for an answer, I would have said, like, Santa's elves. That's, like, the only concept <laughs> I understood, like... They just, they just, they, because that's when I got here. video games typically yeah. was Christmas. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same thing. I was super wanted to do things in, in movies and just, just kind of fell into design. Yeah. Uh, the same way. But yeah, I no idea where they came from. Yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> they like, only came from Japan. <laughs> that's, I mean, uh, all I played was like Sonic the Hedgehog and like, yeah. you know, all these like Japanese like uh, developed games, like platformers and stuff. So here I am. I look at a Toy Story. I'm like, oh, I can like kind of, I love computers. I love technology and I love animation. This could be the thing I could like get into, you know? Look, I, there's something, there's a story I want to tell that we're going to definitely cut out of the podcast um, because <laughs> A for time and B, it's a little embarrassing. But did I ever tell you my first thing I did when I got a job at the Guildhall? Cause I was a, 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 like I worked there before I went to school there, like on summers was they, I was the life drawing uh, no. model. No, I didn't, I wasn't wow. naked. 
but because like there it was it was like the first life drawing class and the model like skipped out oh and they're like what we're gonna do and the teacher goes can you do it and i'm like i'm not getting naked he's like well you know you could just do your underwear i'm like no and he's like well so like like we negotiated so it was me in like cargo shorts and (laughs) a like wife yeah, pardon tank the term, top. tank top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh and my, no, I like, didn't know this. <laughs> and I stood up there, and they're like, "He's like, all right, do some poses." And I'm like, "You got to give me more than that. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm yeah. doing." And he's like, "Give me some video and game poses." Knew. So I'm doing like Mega Man, and like a baseball bat. The, guy, the people in the class knew you weren't the original. Yeah, they knew. I, like I made, okay. we made a big talk, and they all were. Right. It was funny because every once in a while I'd make eye contact, and they'd start laughing because they're yeah. like. Literally like two years older than me, most uh-huh. of them, and I'm yeah. like, oh god, that's funny. Anyway, I just thought <laughs> being you would find a that being amazing. a life drawing model is hard, you know, like clothed or not, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, especially like I had never stood for anything, and I yeah. was just like, what oh, do you man. want me to do? I remember when I was in art school, like we would kind of talk about which models we preferred drawing because some were more inventive with their posing, you know, like yeah. there yeah. was like, there was like the guy who like insisted on bringing in his own props, you know, he was like, I got to bring in my <laughs> bow staff. I'm bringing in a sword next meeting, you know, like, and I was yeah. like, I want to be there. I want to be there, there and draw that. <laughs> I kept going. I kept seeing them draw like circles and I'm like, stop it. More straight lines, more straight lines, yeah. less circles. <laughs> I know what that means. Um, anyway, um, so we, we got to dive into this movie. We do. There's a, it's been a while. It's been great catching up. I'm, and please, if you have more stories about, um, animation or animation or your journey into animation, like it's very fascinating. Yeah. Oh, okay. Definitely want (laughs) that. Let's, let's try and maybe save most of the fact. Nope. Okay. All right. Ryan always looks at me because I have a lot of notes and I think they're important. Okay. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how long we go. But it was 1995. And did you know 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? Wow. Wow. Shocked. Yeah. Yeah. We've had high 90s with some of the last films in this era, like this time period. But this is the first one that was 100%. So the top three movies of 95 are Die Hard with a Vengeance, mm-hmm. Toy Story, yeah. and then Apollo 13. And then number four is Goldeneye always bringing in if there's a, uh, if there's a double a seven movie mm-hmm. that year i like mm-hmm. to tell you where it was uh it was the highest grossing film i read of the year so, oh my gosh is that true this Did you find says that? that die hard with a vengeance was number one but only by three million so those numbers could be could close. have been yeah, yeah, got yeah. it okay I, I i don't doubt it i have a little bit of a hot take on toy story having seen some stuff okay oh I don't I'm, think it looks very good. Like um, in hindsight, yeah, CG does not age well. Maybe, does not yeah, age well. It might However, not age well, yeah, but it looked amazing when it came out. Yeah, yes, and yeah. this is something you were talking. I don't think it's necessarily the animation because you were talking about how Glenn Keane said you needed to do your two D, and the thing I think that works really well with these movies is it's they're coming at them from two D animation. Yeah, it's. Uh, John Lasseter, who was the director and the head of Pixar Forever, also you know known for um, very very colorful Hawaiian shirts and long uncomfortable hugs with uh, female members of his staff. Okay. So he has since <laughs> yeah. you know been canceled. Um, but uh, he made a big point about he wasn't looking at it as like it was it was this is we're making a movie through this medium. It's not a new medium it's the next step in in 2d animation I and to think of it that way because they did a lot of stuff like 
the first thing they did is they went through and they just did wireframe trying to get them to edit. You know, it was it was the same kind of stuff that we see now, I think, in good versions of, of computer animation or video game animation. And, like, talking through it, doing, you know, uh, hand-drawn storyboards and stuff like that. These were animators who were using computers as their medium. It wasn't computer guys. And I think that's the difference between this and, say, like, Tron. Yeah. And things like that that had come yeah. before. And something also is that, you know, when this movie was made they did not have like a full group of well-seasoned CG animators. Like right. they, they were mostly 2D animators to begin with coming from Disney, coming from CalArts, which is a Disney feeder school. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they are all very classically trained um, being taught how to use a computer for animation. Yeah. It felt mm-hmm. very separate. Like when I was looking at it, there were people who were the, like it was basically, they brought in a bunch of tech guys and the tech guys were teaching the animators how to mm-hmm. utilize the tech well and not... i read something with steve jobs being connected do you know that i i didn't re i didn't go down that deep dive but i was curious if you knew the connection with steve jobs he owned pixar he's more the one? yeah he's the financier so yeah okay. so really pixar was formed by three big people you have steve jobs ed catmull and john lassiter john lassiter okay. kind of represented the artistic side of everything steve jobs was more of the money guy and then Ed Catmull was the was like the tech guy. Um, okay. He is that guy, by the way. He's the most fascinating to me out of the three, um, just because of his background. He really like pushed um, CG graphics to be what they are now. Um, hmm. So like you know how I don't know if you've used like three D programs. They have like blend shader. They have like all these different kinds of like um, ways to like render stuff. He was actually one of the pioneers for having those 3D programs, the things we take for granted nowadays, like how lighting and materials are handled through computers. And and that's the number one thing I want to talk about, about how this looks, is the animation, I think, still holds up in a lot of ways. It's the lighting. Yes. It's like I saw some <laughs> stuff from I'm like, oh, my God, it's so flat. And part of yeah. that is we're planning on going through the Pixar movies after we do the Disney movies. I think it's going to be interesting to watch this series in particular because there's four entries into it. Yeah. And all the shorts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're seeing the same characters re-rendered with better lighting yes. and all this sort yeah. of stuff. And they look like you, when you think of Woody, you probably think of what Woody looks like now. And back then it was like, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because you've seen the adapted or the improved versions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over time. Yeah. What's great is like, if you look at the Pixar catalog, um, you know, even starting from their first short films, cause they did short films before they did toy story. Yes. Each mm-hmm. of them was an improvement or like an academic study of one thing they were trying out with computers. So like whether oh, it was really cool. Yeah. So like red's dream, which is like the bicycle short, um, it had a lot of rain. It had like neon lights, like blinking on and off and reflecting off of things. Um, that was their study of like ray tracing and how things bounced around caustics and whatnot. So like every everything they do, what's really great is if you now start watching the catalog, which you will be, you'll kind of see the things <laughs> they were trying trying out, you know, what they yeah. were experimenting with. You notice in Toy Story, there's not a lot of humans because they realized after doing Tin Toy, which was like the one with the baby that was eating the toy. Have, have you seen Tin Toy? No, I have not. The, okay. It's because scary. A, the, the baby is <laughs> horrifying yes. yeah but it's funny because people talk about like there's not a lot of humans in this one i think the humans look fine like well, they look they don't look good but like yeah. well what i they read don't look is, out of place compared to the yeah. toys but like, what i read is like certain things going off of what leanne is saying 
they were either too complex or impossible to do at yeah. the time what you're talking about explosions like we don't see combat carl's demise <laughs> uh, they talk about <laughs> yeah <laughs> they talk about hair dynamics yeah you know how hair. obsessed i get with good hair hair like, is so later hard later movies moana's hair oh my god i love moana's hair i could talk yeah. forever about moana's hair but they talk about how Andy, Sid, and Molly all have short hair Buzz because cuts, of that. Yeah. Yep. And then how the mom's hair is always in a ponytail. Mm-hmm. So like that, you know, and then flying water droplets. So yes. that also being something that was like very difficult to well, do. Another that thing time. that I think they do so well is they, they're very good at defining their what they can do and what they can't do. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. one thing to look at in this, and one thing I feel like, they, they made a big deal about how when you see, especially in 1995, computer-generated images, it's a lot of straight lines. And so they made a big point to try and make as many curved things as possible or give it kind of a little curve at the end, like the yeah. the mm-hmm. pizza planet has a weird Well, and angle. I even think Buzz Lightyear's whole design, yes. right? Yeah, like, true. You think of curvature in his but design. that's, I think, what makes it different from like, because I think other people went, well, what's the easy thing to do? We'll do things that are all straight lines. And mm-hmm. they went, well, that's going to make it look like computer graphics and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, to go into the story a little bit, did you guys read anything about how Woody was the bad guy in one take of this? No. Yeah. Woody at one point. So uh, originally this came from a tin toy. And the original idea was the tin toy, a little like tin marching band guy and a ventriloquist dummy went on an adventure together. And then it kind of came down, came down, and they, they decided to do a spaceman and a uh, cowboy because that's, like, the frontier of the West and the frontier. Like, they're very different. Mm-hmm. Like, you even think about the history of, like, television. It's like there were a lot of Westerns, and then there was a lot of sci-fi. It's like yeah. one of them kind of took over from the other. Um, there was – they kept going into Disney because Disney was, like, working with them. And they're working with Jeffrey Katzenberg. And – they're going like, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to do. And at one point, Jeffrey Katzenberg kept saying, it needs to be edgier. It needs to be edgier. I feel so like they, that was always his Yeah. That was comment. his MO. <laughs> yeah, that was always his thing. Well, so they came in with one version where, and and I'll put the video up because they had, like, it's like Tom Hanks and, and Tim Allen voiced this, like, because oh, okay. they come so into the they Disney. had them at yeah, that Yeah, there's a the thing where, like, okay. they kept bringing him in and Tim Allen's like, or Tom Hanks like, I did, like, ten versions of this movie. I don't know what it came, you know? Like, yeah. Um, but uh, it was... Woody just threw him out the window and then everyone's like, you just threw him out the window. He's like, come on, we don't need him. And then like, they were like trying to go against him. He's like, get off the bed. And like, uh, slinky dog was like his second in command. Like he, it, he oh. wasn't necessarily the bad guy, but they go, but he leaned into what we see a yeah. little bit in the film, that jealousy, well, but he like leaned into it in a different they way. They showed a, a scene from it. And John Laster's like literally introducing it going, I can't believe we're selling you this. It's so bad. <laughs> Yeah. And he goes, we did this scene and, and they came to us and they're like, why is this so bad? And he goes, because it's not our movie anymore. Like we've yeah, done, we've, yeah. we've done too many notes and they're like, well, we're going to cut it. He goes, give us two weeks. And they went back and they like stayed up all night. Him and Joe Ramft. I, I'm saying that guy's name wrong. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Joe, and then Joe, Andrew Stanton and Andrew uh, Pete Stanton, Doctor. Andrew, Joe Ramft. What else did he direct? Um, I thought, I thought he up? was a producer from live action. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, that... like, after this. They all did Oh, stuff after yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember. Like Andrew Stanton did Finding Nemo. Yes. Phil Doctor did... Uh, Pete Doctor, yeah. Pete Doctor, sorry. Monsters, Inc., yeah? Yes, but that he also him. did the one I really like, probably my favorite one, uh, Emotions, in, in, in and Out. Oh, in, uh, Inside Out. I always out. want to call yeah. it in, Inside Out. Yes, Inside In and Out, out is the... Is the <laughs> oh, that's the... <laughs> 
Um, but uh, yeah, so they brought it back and they redid it and did it, and that's the one you see now. Oh, you know, okay. and they put up the idea that like even though Woody has a moment where he does something bad, yeah, he's likable and like you, you so because well, you can relate to how he's feeling in that moment. I think it's very different yeah. than yeah. But, but I think also, Leanne was also. Oh, I'm sorry, Leanne. Go ahead. Oh no, no, I, I was just gonna say, you know, it's kind of crazy how that all came to be, like. It was a bit of a Hail Mary for Pixar, actually, because if they couldn't pull it around in those couple weeks they were granted from Disney, Pixar would have been done. Like, yeah, because they wanted to um, shut the production down, grab the storyboard artist, bring him to Burbank and like put them under a very, very strict watchful eye. Um, yeah, 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 because of what happened, happened and and that was like after a year of those feedback notes you were talking about, because everyone there were too many cooks in the kitchen, and everyone knows that you know Jeffrey Katzenberg kind of <laughs> derailed I mean, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean it's it's interesting. We've talked a lot about him, but like it was interesting when they said that he wanted Edge. He wanted Edge. I don't think I've yeah. heard them say that before. But you think about Shrek, and like there's good and bad things to say about Shrek. Like it definitely the the number one thing Shrek did was say Disney's not the only the only you know uh, uh, company in town. But yeah. they do feel these the Pixar movies feel more like have more heart. Yeah, and, and that sort of thing. Where Shrek is a little yeah. cynical. Yeah, Katzenberg didn't want Toy Story to be called Toy Story. He didn't want the word toy in the title at all. Um, Why? It's about toys. Going back to being edgier, he didn't want any like teenagers to go, "Oh, toys! It's baby stuff. I don't want to watch that movie." Like it was, he thought it would give like a bad like connotation to it. Well, I'm glad he didn't get his way because (laughs) I feel like this movie launched so much about Disney, so much about Pixar, which Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. everything. Uh, Tara, I feel like you've got tons of notes you want to go through. I Hit them do. With them. I'm Let's... excited. Uh, <laughs> so, no, but this is fat. I also could go down this rabbit hole of what we've been talking about. But I found it interesting at the Academy Awards, John Lasseter was given a special achievement award. Mm. So, and he won the award. <laughs> for, for Hawaiian shirts. Uh, no, <laughs> but I took a picture of the description. I want, he, every scene, he had like a Buzz Lightyear Hawaiian shirt. He oh, had a, that's really Oh, uh, yeah. I'm like. And you know how I'm kind of now getting to that point where I'm like, I'm old enough. I don't care if people think I look goofy. I want a bunch of Hawaiian shirts. Like, I'm into John Lasseter's look. That's funny. (laughs) Uh, But the Special Achievement Award was for the development and inspired application of techniques that have made possible the first feature-length computer animated film. So he was honored for that. And 50 years earlier... Walt Disney was given an honorary Oscar oh, because wow. of Snow White. Oh. So it's kind of interesting that, like, you know, as Liam was saying, like, this was the future in a sense of, like, what animation could be. He's winning not the same award, but a similar award for recognition that Walt Disney won when he started with Snow White. And remember, just 15 years earlier in the movie that made John Laster win, have you heard that story how he walked into when they were working on Tron? And he was oh. like, this is the future. Like, he yeah. saw the light cycle scene. And and in Tron, we talked about this in the Tron episode. Tron, they said, you can't be... They, they I don't know if they were... They, they said, you can't be up for special effects because you're using computers and that's cheating. Yeah. It wow. Basically, it wow. Basically came down to that, which is just funny to think about now. But uh, the other things it was nominated for was Best Writing for Screenplay. It did not win, but it was nominated... And it was nominated for Best Music, Original Song, and Original Score. Pocahontas won both of those. Because Pocahontas came out the same year. So I found it interesting that they were against each other. Uh, And Colors of the Wind was the song, and then it won for the score as well. Have we talked about how Joss Whedon did a script doctor on this? Or 
wrote, helped work on the, he I, yeah, worked he on the screenplay. Yeah, he was listed in the screenplay. He was listed yeah. as one of the people, and yeah, everybody was nominated. Another person who whose career has aged perfectly in the last <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I remember, like, hearing that, uh, what was it, Andrew Stan, like, he didn't have any uh, familiarity, or, like, actually most of them didn't have any familiarity with writing scripts, right? So when Joss Whedon came in and, and did that kind of workshopping, it kind of gave them a good idea of how to approach things after that. Mm-hmm. Like, because it was like how vividly he wrote everything, you know, like they're like, oh, okay. So that's how you write like, you know, a professional script. Because again, all these guys are coming from backgrounds of, you know, they haven't really made a feature film together before. And, you know, a lot of them aren't quite, you know, um, experienced yet. So it was kind of nice that they recognized that and thought, you know, oh, okay, we'll get other people to try this out. And, you know, we'll try to learn from it. Uh, I've got some things as far as like the different toys and like what was used and why it was used yes. and things like that. So Barbie was supposed to be Woody's love interest originally, and but they she, couldn't get the rights. She would well, no, well, I'll tell you why. Oh, okay. There was oh. like a very specific reason, but she she was she was drive. really hard to get. They asked Barbie to do it, and she said yes, no. Yes, Barbie's like no, thank you. <laughs> uh, but no, she was supposed to drive her Corvette off the truck to save Woody and Buzz from Sid's dog. So like oh. she was supposed to be like a pretty like integral part of the story at one point but mattel declined because they thought the movie would be a failure so they didn't think it would be successful and they didn't want barbie's personality to be defined well then they brought her back in two yeah i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. in toy story 2 she appears do you know who, who so voices mattel, her mattel agrees to it then because it was a crazy success no who voices her jody benson the little mermaid oh that's oh, fun and wow. ken's in three and that's michael keaton oh that's really fun and that's also interesting that they had some ideas for bo peep because i know one big thing about the series in general has been was for a while bo peep is really sidelined as a main character and then in four she becomes kind of an action hero yeah in a weird way right i haven't seen i haven't seen three or four i know i haven't seen nuts. four so i haven't seen yeah. four I've well seen she's three, a, but... like if she's her big thing is yeah she's yeah like She's she's off the ranch, I don't know, or whatever. <laughs> they also talk about, I didn't write it down, but I read it, about Mr. Potato Head is designed a little bit different than the actual mm-hmm. toy and how apparently collectors were a little bit upset because oh, like it wasn't, here. yeah, I, I didn't read too much into it, so I didn't take a note on it, but like I had glanced at that. Can uh, I can I bring up one thing about a specific character and if yeah. you have something chime in okay. the army men do you have anything oh, about the I, army yes. men Oh yes so I've got how it was perfected how the animation yes. was perfected I thought this was so cool they nailed a pair of sneakers to a sheet of wood and Phil then tried Do- or to Pete walk Doctor in them. I keep I'm getting mixed up Pete Doctor yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pete Doctor. They had a video of him doing that. Oh, they did. And I was That's pretty really impressed, cool. like him, like. Doosh, doosh. Yeah. Well, um, have you seen? Have you seen people have yeah. cosplayed as them? Well, that's how they do them at the park. <laughs> at the yeah. parks, they've got them just like that too, and they yeah. walk around. But the other thing I always loved about that when I was a kid was was when I was a kid when I saw the movie was the ring of plastic on the back of their head and like oh, in their yeah. armpits and uh-huh. stuff, like where it's like just like the bad. The seams. Yeah. My um. Uh, grandmother had uh, cowboys and, and we'll say Native Americans uh, yes. as like plastic toys. I used to play with those all the time. But if you also look, all of their rifle barrels are bent up or down oh, on the movie. Stuff like that. And yeah. I love that so much. I remember when this details. came out yeah. I, and all the toys came out. That was one of the cool things. We'll talk a little bit about this real quick. All the, all the merchandising was just, here's the character you saw. It's not, yeah. you know, like they, they, and they were different sizes that mm-hmm. felt like, because Woody's bigger than Buzz. 
So he feels like he's a different type of toy. It wasn't just yeah. like a toy line. Well, and Buzz is plastic versus Woody is like a cloth yeah. plush. Like, yeah. Woody is based off of... Um, John Lasser had a Casper doll. Yes, he had a pull string. Pull yeah, string. I read about and that. And he, he showed him the thing. He pulls it and it goes... He's like, he says, I love you. And like, like only John Lasser <laughs> knows what it says at this point. That's really But sweet. I remember when this came out, I didn't really want the other stuff. I thought it was cool. Like if I went to Target and I saw Buzz, I'd, you know, play with yeah. Buzz in the box or whatever. But what I wanted more than anything that I could never find, listeners, if you ever feel like giving us a present, I don't know why. <laughs> I, now I'm getting real. Or your wife might buy you it. I want, I, they, <laughs> I don't know that they make them like this anymore because it had the actual bucket of soldiers of of plastic soldiers yeah like the and it was it was done like it was in the movie oh so it's a toy story version do, of a do bucket you see what of I'm soldiers saying? When, when there was a uh when there was the line that you could buy it wasn't all like toy story and they had the same box each box looks like it was made from the movie so the buzz Lightyear box looked like his yeah it looked his like spaceship. what he was packaged in it looked yeah. like a whole bunch of, i love that so much yeah. you know it's such a cool thing. But I, I, I love army men like well, that. I think they're so cool. So I have two things. One I want to talk about just merchandise briefly. Yeah. And then uh, going back to the army men, Hasbro, the reason why it's, um, what did I say? Commander Carl? No. Commander Carl. Combat Carl. Combat Carl. The reason why his name is Combat Carl is because G.I. Joe said no to using the name when they found out he was going to get blown up. So they were fine with it until they found out like what was going to happen yeah. to Combat Carl. So I found that interesting. Uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear's original name was Lunar Larry. I that read was... <laughs> that, and he's based off of Buzz Aldrin, yeah. which makes well, sense. Well, because Buzz Aldrin, apparently, I watched the thing that was the legacy of Toy Story, which had like uh, Peter Jackson and George Lucas and Buzz Aldrin. And Buzz Aldrin apparently takes Buzz to speeches, and he holds them up. Oh, like, that's fun. Does something yeah. with him. Uh, so as far as merchandising, I just wanted to brag on myself a little bit. I used to go. do, uh, coloring contests and I won. So Leanne, remember the Burger King that was by Food Town? Uh, yeah. Nine? <laughs> totally. So that Burger King had a coloring contest where you, you would win a <gasps> bucket of all of the puppets. Remember the cloth yes. puppets yes. Burger King? So they were uh-huh. like a special thing that I think you could buy because they, they weren't like the Happy Meal or the kids nah. toy. They were something mm-hmm. separate. And I won all of the puppets for the coloring contest. What? That's amazing. Do you remember what you you colored to do that? It was a Toy Story. I don't remember the picture, but it was Toy Story themed. And I won a Beauty and the Beast coloring contest for JCPenney. And I won a bunch of Beauty and the Beast like nightgowns and stuff for like Belle and the Beast. That's amazing. Listeners and Leanne, Tara has since won coloring contests. I have as an adult. I won an adult coloring contest at a brewery (laughs) over the pandemic and won $50 to a brewery. Tara, (laughs) I feel like you have like this like unused talent like that you could apply to other things. Like maybe there's something for professional coloring that I don't know. There might be. Yeah. You can paint. That's true. Yeah, I do paint a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. The ink and paint in Disney. Why don't we get you a job at Disney? Look, I keep I, after we watched that the Disney Safari. There's an Animal Kingdom show. Tara on was looking Disney up how Plus, she could get a job at how I could get like, a job animals, working with the animals. And it's no, all like, oh, I'm not qualified yeah, at all because you, have to be, you need like an actual like yeah. zoology degree. That's another deep dive for another time. But <laughs> I know I'll have to look into that more. But um, but yes, that's just a little humble brag on myself there. But uh, going back to some of the voices. Billy Crystal was originally offered Buzz and he turned it down and he said it was the biggest mistake of his life. And John Lasseter had heard that he was bummed 
And like that he made that decision, Z. so he specifically oh. called him and offered him Mike. I think he's so better as Mike. Oh yeah, yeah, been. agreed. Yeah. Apparently, also, Buzz was apparently supposed to be more comedic and dorky. Well, and Chevy Chase was also offered the role and said here. no. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't do it either, but he was offered it. But uh, apparently, Tim Allen's like brought a lot to that character. I know another uh, actor who's aged perfectly in his mm, beliefs yes. is Tim Allen. However. <laughs> Um, I do think like he brought so much to that character. Yeah. He he like really just does such a good job. So I have a, a couple things about Tom Hanks talking about the other big voice. Tom, they always wanted Tom Hanks for Woody, so that he was always who they wanted. And early test footage, they used his voice from Turner and Hooch. So this connects us yes. back. We have a listener. We'll have an episode that's come out. Uh, a mailbag episode, and a listener asked if we'd do a mini tale on Turner and Hooch. This is our connection. And this, this is, is our connection. This is how we do Turner and Hooch. But they used the the voice from Turner and Hooch. They used that. Uh, Don't eat the car. Like, yeah, that's the scene. In early is. footage. Oh, come on. And that's what convinced Tom Hanks to do it. Yeah. So they showed, they kind of presented it to him that way. Now, Tom Hanks has multiple stories where he's in an elevator with, like, uh, with or, or somewhere with a yeah. mom and their children, and they go, He's Woody. He told two. The one I heard, he goes, he goes, oh, there's a I've snake heard, in my boot. And he I've doesn't. And they're just like, yeah. Tim Allen did one where he said he did Buzz Lightyear for a kid. And the kid looked at him shocked. And he's like, oh, he thinks I ate Buzz Lightyear. And then, <laughs> oh. um, and then Tim Allen said, or Tom Hanks said he did one where he's like, he's like, I was in such a weird Hollywood mood. And the kid goes, he's like, this is Buzz Lightyear. Goes, hey, yeah, kid, I'm, I'm, I'm Woody. Come on. Let me see your Woody toy. And he takes his Woody toy and he writes like, howdy, partner. And then Tom Hanks. And I give it back to him. This kid's like. This jerk just Sign scribbled light. all over my yeah. Woody. Oh. Who does he think he is? <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so he recorded the dialogue during breaks of Sleepless in Seattle. That was 1993. And A League of Their Own was 1992. He did not. He made an active choice to not record during Philadelphia in 1993 or Forrest Gump in 94. Mm. And that makes sense. He didn't want to... Because he'd do it in breaks, so when he That's wasn't crazy. on set, he would record for Toy Story. So he was doing two jobs. So he was, yeah, so he was, <laughs> and I mean, think of those That's four a lot. giant movies in that time, and he's recording Toy Story, but he didn't want to be thinking about a comedic role when he was then in the role of Philadelphia and in the role of Forrest Gump, which I think makes a lot of sense, but I never put together he was working on all of it at the same time, mm -hmm. which I That's thought crazy. was interesting. Let me, let me ask you guys a question. Um... We, we should get to this movie pretty soon. But yes. let me ask you guys a question. I'm going to ask you before and after. Okay. Who do you think your favorite toy is in this movie? Oh, man. I'm going to say right now Rex. I feel like I liked Rex a lot. Yes. But I, I may change it after we rewrite Rex it. was done by Wallace Shawn. And he was done by, they took, they looked at this T-Rex toy and how it was supposed to be this ferocious thing, but it was such crappy plastic. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why they came with that. Who, who do you think your favorite toy is, Leanne? Gosh, uh, I was going to say Rex, too, just because at the time I was totally in a dinosaur kick. Probably still am. Yes, um, nothing you know. wrong with that. <laughs> but um, I also like the aliens, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I do the like the aliens My favorite thing, and we'll get to this, is when they're at Pizza Planet and there's the whack-a-mole, but it's the it's a uh, astronaut and there are aliens coming out of his chest. <laughs> like aliens. Uh, you probably didn't get because I don't think you'd seen aliens. No, I hadn't at that point. But um, uh, what is yours? I like Slinky Dog a lot. I was gonna guess mostly that because for you. you know who voices Slinky Dog, Ernest. Yes. 
No way. Ernest, you love Ernest coming to a uh, childhood trauma theater episode <laughs> sometime where we do Ernest Scared Stupid. So but, I know um, we want to get to the movie. Yes. Rex, I will say, I, have... I think Rex made, now I relate more to this neurotic, like, yes. are you yeah. scared? Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I have things to look out for. So okay. I do just want to highlight that there's a million. So I encourage you to go down a deep dive. Everything means something. They put so many details that connect personally to the animators and other things. So I just picked out a few things that I thought were really interesting. The carpet in Sid's house is the same hexagonal pattern as in The Shining Hotel. I forgot about that. So that I just thought was super fun. So look out for that. That is messed up. Yeah. Uh, Woody, when he's talking on the bed to Slinky Dog, there's a drawing of him behind them on a wall. That was an early sketch of Woody. Mm. So that's something to look out for. Uh, the toolbox on the milk crate that Woody gets trapped in is a Binford toolbox. So that, no, yeah, so really? we have to look for that. Apparently it says Binford on it. Do you remember what Binford was, Leanne? No, I don't. Binford, sorry. Is, Binford is the, is the tool company that yeah, Tim Allen's Tim character the tool man Taylor. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so the books on Andy's shelf, we mentioned these shorts. They're all the names of the shorts that Pixar oh, did. Okay. So Tin Toy, Knick Knack, Red Dream, and Luxo Jr., are all on there uh when andy and his mom stop for gas i think they're on the way to the pizza palace at mm-hmm. this point they stop at dinoco uh for gas and that's who lightning mcqueen is obsessed to work with yes. yes that's so, right and of course there's a lot of pixar connections i didn't write them all down about how they like the continuous things that appear but i know pizza planet kind of appears in each film we talk a little bit about this in the mailbag episode yeah about the u- unifying pixar theory which will make more sense. I, I will have put it up on the Facebook page. I believe the website is pixartheory.com, so check that out about how all of them are in a shared universe. Yeah. Uh, also, apparently, I it, it reads like this, so I don't know what this means. Disney can be seen on Buzz's behind. I don't know if that means the Disney, Disney. logo, uh-huh. Walt Disney's face. Walt Disney's face. <laughs> I don't know. I read it, and I was super A very confused, realistic so rendering. We'll have to just see what we see. Uh, also Andy's last birthday present. So before he gets the surprise of Buzz Lightyear, he has one present and the wrapping paper is Chuckles the Clown and Chuckles appears in Toy Story 3. So I just found that that interesting that that character appears. And then we are always obsessed with the castle at the beginning. And what we found is if Disney does an updated version of the movie, the new castles on it, even though the old castle should be there in the beginning. And so it always bothers me because I want it to be authentic. But supposedly oh. this is the first Disney film to have the variant of the Walt Disney logo and the 3D looking castle that mm. zooms out. Oh. And so this is the first time that that kind of appears. So it's just something else to look out for. So that's that's pretty much all I have. Does anybody have anything else before we die? We, we, we watch this I don't one? Think so. I'm really excited to rewatch yeah. it now. I'm I'm excited too because again I know I said this earlier about it not looking good but I just remember I, I I meant that less of a knock for it and just the thought of like you know you see some Pixar stuff today and it looks so beautiful and now you know 25 years later it's gonna look like you know yeah I mean yeah. I feel like in some ways you can't help that just because of advancements right. right but I think you made a good point about like the animation is strong right yes, it's not I, a knock on that it's more of just the technology yeah. advance mm-hmm. and so like I'm I'm really excited but yeah. Uh, yeah I think it's time that we take the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR all right see you on the other side listeners
listeners, we are back, and that was everything I wanted it to be and more, I think. I, I want to kind of go around, but I loved it. After I made that comment about it not looking good. I thought it looked great. Here's the thing. I think when you are watching like live action people talking and it cuts to clips, mm-hmm. it can kind of be jarring. Watching that as a movie start to finish, like I got to the scenes I saw that I thought looked really bad in the thing, and I was like, oh, these don't look bad at all. Having been like immersed in this style in the world. and everything yeah. like that. Now, putting them up against modern CG, it's not going to hold up as well. But this movie does such a good job of creating character and the animations like just felt like a regular Disney movie. Like Woody does some stuff I, when when he's in Sid's room and he's like the lights are off and the and he bad taps with toys, his fingers. And he does a little tap with his yeah. fingers. That was such a good little move. Uh-huh. It's so good. Leanne, what did you think? Yeah, no, I totally echo everything. Like, um, what I find really cool is that they've always focused on story and characters as their their uh mm-hmm. you know, their MO for their movie making. And Yeah, their core concept. Yeah, that's all like Pixar's like story is king. And because of that, it makes them more timeless than other CG movies, in my opinion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. You know, something I kept bringing up during this was I couldn't believe it took place in 2005. And I think some of it... Or, sorry, see? Exactly. Yeah. 1995. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think part of it is there's... You know, whereas they've kind of... Buzz Lightyear feels like they do... You were saying when he does a toy commercial, it feels like a 1990s toy commercial. But that, that movie feels so timeless it feels like it could be in the 80s it could be in the 90s and it's it could also be the 2000s. because they're using those toys that everybody grew yes. up with that have now been redone you know leanne i know you have a child and i'm sure you see like updated versions of some of those same toys i feel like they did like a whole throwback like fisher price did a whole like throwback mm-hmm. yes of, like toys that we grew up with and they're now manufacturing them again so it is kind of cool yeah, because I think it can be timeless in that way. Also, because you're using a cowboy and a astronaut, right? Yeah. I think that's yeah. part of it too. Yeah, but be- then also using the licensed toys. Exactly. Too. Like I, I think the fact that they're not like super specific, it doesn't date them as much as let's say other CG movies from DreamWorks from that time period could have done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even um, their jokes and stuff too. They're very like they're very accessible and very. Um, open to the audience as opposed to like being very specific about a a celebrity or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah i think shrek did that thing where it became the like we see a lot of cg movies now where it's like references to what's happening right now or like weird dated references that you're like this is for a kid why is and what what we will say is when we watched aladdin that happens with the genie but the references he used are such iconic people and that have happened like it's like a 30 year period he's yes. drawing and from so and i a, feel like that works like we felt yeah. like that still works but i think when you do stuff that is in the moment you don't know <laughs> the ten, emoji movie <laughs> yeah uh, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you don't know 10 15 years later like is that still relevant right. whereas if you're making jokes from a 30 year period you kind of know if they've stuck around or not. Apologies to fans of the Emoji movie out there. Um, <laughs> so we, I know for a fact we had two out of three of us kind of get choked up during oh this movie. Oh my gosh. Leanne, did you have a moment where you, I know you were saying that, but like Tara was legit crying. I was actually oh. crying at the <laughs> yeah. end. I'll talk more about it when we get there. But like it got me most Disney, not most Disney movies, but Little Mermaid caught me off guard. I got very emotional on that one. And this one, 
caught me a little off guard too. I didn't expect to be as emotional as I was at the end. But we talk about, and I have it in my notes when we get there in the story, about how as adults, you know, relating to this very differently than maybe we did as kids. And those themes, I think, in Pixar in general are always so strong that if you're an adult, you're getting something completely different out of it than you are as a child or that your children are getting out of it. Yeah. Um, I I think that's it's funny because I feel like some people make the mistake when they see movies of like, I like this movie because it has jokes for the adults. And sometimes you see that and it's like an inappropriate joke that goes over the kid's head. Yeah. And that's not what I'm, I think what works here is it's, it's like you said, it's two levels. Yeah. It's the same thing, but like we saw it when we were kids and we loved it. We saw it adults and we were like, man, like Buzz Lightyear is dealing with identity. And yeah. Like, this yeah. Is this. There's and, a lot. You know, it's a yeah. lot of stuff like that. There is one thing I want to want to bring up um, that made me excited for us going back and watching the Pixar movies. I know we're going to do two during this one. We're going to watch this one and then Brave because mm-hmm. Merit is a, technically a Disney princess. Yes. But um, I am excited to do this, what we did. One of the things I liked the most about this podcast was watching Little Mermaid, which felt like this big finale of learning huge crescendo the yeah, yeah following the animators and seeing what worked and what didn't and you know learning all this information and then seeing it all culminate into one movie yeah i think we'll see the same thing the with same pixar. thing with pixar this felt very much like a bunch of geniuses first shot at something and their first shot was you know it's like snow white snow white while not a perfect movie in a lot of technical ways is is, is an amazing piece of art yeah. This felt very much the same way, and I'm excited to to do the same thing with Pixar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna like I was gonna say like one of the things I really appreciated on this like rewatch of it is you know framing it in the context of a CG movie like a full length CG animated movie has never been done before, and they pretty much took that unknown and ran with it and tried to apply what they best knew what to do, which was telling great stories using great characters. And apply that to making this full-length movie. And mm-hmm. it's crazy because, like, there's a lot of tech in there that wasn't available then that is, like, very, like, very available now. And, you know, we take for granted nowadays as CG artists or, you know, design, like, you know, anyone in games or film. And I'm watching this and I'm like, wow, they chose some pretty crazy, like, scenarios for themselves, like, to try to, like, animate in that. Um, yeah, they yeah. didn't cut corners. Yeah. For the sake of, you know, they didn't harm the story or the idea. No. I'm sure there were some things, like you said, like they don't, you don't see an explosion with Combat Carl. You you hear it and you see, you know, there's things like that. But you do, Leanne mentioned specifically about, you know, animating them on a yeah. bed and that being squishy and like that movement and how they did that. You know, they could have cut corners there and never really shown them on the bed and they're on the bed a lot. Yeah. Leanne, yeah. you also pointed out like uh, hands clipping into things they were holding oh. and stuff like that. To where I was like, I need you to stop because I, <laughs> this is going to ruin this. Movie. <laughs> yeah, it's but funny. I can see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's funny because like I mean, it, if you were to sit through and comb through it with a fine tooth comb, like of course there's going to be those like imperfections and stuff. But then you you think about it and you're like, well, they didn't really have like you know uh, ways to solve how the hand makes contact with objects or how the feet mm-hmm. solve. Like to make contact with the floor, you know, like they and had to come up with. that's what they learned how to, yeah, they learned from this how to move well, forward with that. But yes. have you seen those memes of like pausing in the in-betweens of Disney movies and like 
Gaston's eyes are bulging or they look horrific. And oh, it, yeah, it the looks smears fine and when stuff. you watch it, but if you go yeah. minute by minute. There's also one thing that someone showed me that was uh, when Elsa is like singing Let It Go and she like does, she pulls her hair out into a ponytail and does that. It goes through her arm. Mm. Like her ponytail goes through her arm. Yeah. I and, can believe it. And now it's ruined it for you. Oh, like, <laughs> and even when you slow it down, it's kind of hard to see. But once you see it, it's like, you can't oh, come it. on. Yeah. And it, but it's just like, you know, uh, listen, we're going to get to my feelings on let it go and how it's like somehow mathematically designed to make me want to cry. Like every time I'm like, oh, <laughs> so- like I am the biggest weepy little man when it comes to that song so like even knowing that doesn't bother me at all so you know it's interesting because like um you know with the smear frames and stuff you pointed out those are actual like tools in the toolbox for animators to solve um how things should feel when they move so you know like timing and spacing are like two big things animators look at when they're animating um you know timing is how like fast or slow something moves but the spacing is if you look at the actual object in relation to screen size, like you want to close the gaps or you maybe space them far apart, you know, to look like a really far like movement in a short mm-hmm. amount of time. And they use smear frames as a way to make those feel connected instead of having mm-hmm. like a strobing aspect to it. And actually with CG animation, a lot of animators were seeking that sort of like, you know, those sorts of tools in the toolbox. And with Toy Story, they didn't really have any of those to help right. like, like kind of make them feel good, you know? And I think um, you're right because sometimes it does feel like they snap to a facial expression or something. Yeah. And there's not much of a, of yeah. a move to it. Yeah. The only thing they had going for them was motion blur, which was actually like Ed Catmull, I was saying before, uh, one of the guys who helped found it, he was the technical side. Motion blur was actually one of the big helpers of trying to like make things look less stroby and yeah. uh, make them feel more connected. But uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like the, su- the stuff they did to try to, you know, get that 2d feel into their 3d mm-hmm. i'm so glad you're here for this okay. yeah no it's great i, I, love I it. feel like i would have been trying to explain some of this in the dumbest designer way yeah oh no <laughs> no like, i i hope oh, it makes sense stuff and then, ugh, ugh. <laughs> it's hard because like sometimes like you know i mean you probably feel this way too both of you guys when you you're kind of like working with people in your field and you're very familiar with like the jargon and stuff so then mm-hmm. when you try to explain it to someone outside of your field sometimes it becomes too much like yeah (laughs) well what i'm saying is i'm i know enough of the jargon from an animation side to be uh dangerously stupid about it like not dangerously but like come on here with but the confidence misspeak. that like yeah, when you heard yeah. it you'd be like oh no ryan oh no 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 like, <laughs> you just listen to this episode so anyway uh tara you want to hit you want to start sure. off sure so again i'll try my best because i obviously take a lot of notes but we open on the cardboard western town and andy's playing with all his toys and we talk about this throughout but we love how woody stuff isn't branded right you see mm-hmm. the difference between Woody being more of this generic toy that's Andy's imagination. And I love his imagination. We really get to see his imagination with all the toys in the beginning. And uh, I love that he says, 
when he's talking about Mr. Potato Head, talking about his wife being turned into tater tots or something, he says, your wife that. and tater tots, something like that. I, I, I like didn't get the they, whole quote. They refer but... him as one-eyed Bart, and then he just, boop, pops his eye out. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you can just see, like, Andy's creativity and his love for his toys, which I think everyone can connect with, you know, all every one of us having those kinds of toys. I have a question. And his love for Woody. I just love how, yeah. like, genuine, he's so sweet with Woody. I'm so sorry. I, 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 this is a little off. It's going to take some time. What was your favorite toy growing up? Not in the movie, oh, but in, in, in like, do you remember a toy that you really liked? Can I, I'll go first. Yeah. I had a babysitter who lived across the street. It was, it was a, it was a family. They had a few kids and each kid would like age out of babysitting and go to college and the next one would take over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the middle one, one day came over with a trash bag and I was like, what is this? And he opened it up and it was all these cardboard bricks of different sizes uh-huh like just like box you know like you, you fold them in and you fold them in and they're, yeah. they're bricks and i i this is another one i want to talk about but that one i would make big huge things i'd put all my ninja turtles on them and then i'd be like godzilla and then i'd run <laughs> through it and smash everything um what was do you guys have a toy like that or anything you remember like Tara, I know you loved trolls growing up. Trolls, but stuffed animals. So I wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily like, I mean, I had action figures and Barbies and stuff. But some Action st- figures? What action figures did you have? Well, I had a Shira that I used in the bathtub. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> but uh, I would say like stuffed animals, I feel like I always connect it to more. So I have a couple that come to mind. Do you remember Popples? They were yes. Popples. There and you oh. squeezed their belly. So I yes. had a Popple. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Popples oh no, were popples were the things the that rolled up. I had a popple. Yeah. Yeah. But then the one I'm talking about, it was this bear where you squeezed its stomach and its nose had it was a plastic nose. I don't know that. And it had one. something in it that oh. moved around. Oh like I don't there was know what air and it was like. Yeah, and like huh. things in it. But I had a popple too, which I liked. And then I had a monster stuffed animal that came with like plastic cuffs. My pet monster. Yeah, yeah. I oh. had a my pet monster. There is a I my loved. pet monster movie that might be just perfect oh, for childhood trauma maybe, theater because it is yeah. weird. Uh, Leanne, do you have any that oh, you remember? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I had one more. Oh, what was it? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. My stuffed animals were like my, like I would play with I them all. I know you still like, have some of them. I know I do still have. The one I still have that means a, a lot that was like on my bed as a full grown adult when I lived alone uh, was a stuffed elephant that you wind it up and it plays It's a Small World and it's more the meaning behind it. So mm-hmm. it connects to Disney in that way. But it was a purple elephant. Do you remember the in the Ocean County Mall? It was the San Francisco like music box. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love by, that yeah. store. Oh yes. my goodness. <laughs> so my dad took me, I think it was like a kindergarten or something. I was young, but it was either after a good report card or a good day at school or something. It was like something like that. And I didn't go, like, to the mall with my dad a lot. That was more, like, me and my mom thing. And he took me to the mall, and he took me there, and I was allowed to pick one thing. And that's what I picked. And I still have it. My grandma, like, sewed its arm back on, so it's, like, that thread that she sewed. Like, so, yeah, and its trunk, like, no longer holds itself up. (laughs) Oh, that's that's, so That's a common thing that happens when you get older. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so those were, for me, like, those stuffed animals, I feel like, are very, very nostalgic. What about you, Leanne? Um, I remember, well, stuffed animals for one was definitely one. Um, but I had a huge collection of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action yeah! figures. Yeah. Which was your favorite? Oh, uh, Donatello. Oh, I was. I always liked the other ones. Like my oh. favorite, I loved um, Leatherhead, which was like mm. the, the. Oh the, yeah, uh, yeah, listen, yeah. We could do a whole one on Ninja Turtles. I know all of them. I know yeah. I have all the Ninja Turtle comics. I was a weirdo. I oh love man. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's great. Did your, did your, uh, 
Ninja Turtles ever fight? This is another thing I like. Did your toys ever cross over? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. definitely, like, cross-pollinizing, like, yeah. <laughs> play. <laughs> yeah. Early Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Yeah, I feel like Barbie and Trolls played together a lot. Bar- that could be the name of our <laughs> our relationship, Barbie and Barbie Troll. Barbie and Troll. Aww. <laughs> um, well, who's who? You guys vote on the webpage. Ooh, I kind of want to be a troll because of the sparkle, because the jewel in the belly. I don't have mm. a belly ring, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> All right, this got weird. Okay, back to what we were talking about. So we find out that uh, it's Andy's birthday party, and it's earlier than they thought. They all know when Andy's birthday is, but they're moving. We find that out, too, that they're Mm -hmm. moving in two days. So when Woody says the coast is clear, that's when we see the toys come to life on their own. So I like that we see them first through Andy's lens, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we get to see their personalities otherwise. And we were talking about some of the famous voices in this that we didn't mention at the start. So I just wanted to mention them here. Don Rickles is Ham. No, no, he's Mr. Potato Head. Don Rickles, yeah, you're right, is Mr. Potato Head. Ham is Cliff from... Mm-hmm. Uh, John Ratzenberger, I think, yes. from uh, Cheers. Cheers. And we were saying he's in every single one of Pixar's movies, He's a right? lucky charm. Yeah. yeah, he was like the school of fish, right, or something, in like Finding Nemo, or... What was that? Like the, when oh, they were yeah, asking yeah, for directions, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, he's, yes. Yeah. He's a Big Mac truck and cars, I think. Mm. He's, I think there's one. Th- oh, he's, no, he's in Ratatouille, but it's just funny because I don't think he does a very convincing French accent, but he's like, the guest is here. But it's like clearly <laughs> still his voice, but it's like trying to do a French accent. Uh, but I think he's in all of them. Yeah. I, I read somewhere that I think he's in all of right. them. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, the army. You said something about... Arlie Ermey, who was the uh, very famous role as the Marine uh, Sergeant in Full Metal Jacket, yes, who like, yells at him. Yes, one of the voices. Uh, he's, the, he's, he's Sarge. He's the, Sarge. Mo- the mom. The mom is Lori Metcalf. Bo Peep is Annie Potts, who was Janine from Ghostbusters. Yes. I think that's all of the ones that we hadn't mentioned previously. Yes, I think so. Uh, and then also, so this is where... Woody kind of has like a town hall. So he's like, everyone needs to have a moving buddy. We don't want any toys left behind. So we know that that's a big concern. Uh, You know, we're here for Andy when he needs us, not how much he's played with because everybody's worried about the birthday party every Christmas and birthday getting a new toy. And Woody's got this air of confidence because he's always been Andy's favorite toy. I think we talked about how the difference between how they originally made him when he was kind of a jerk here. And here he's like very protective of the other toys. He's like, make sure you have a moving buddy. Uh, he's also very well liked. He does that like draw with the etch a sketch, uh-huh. and they, you know, the etch a sketch draws a gun. Yeah. He's like, oh, you got me. Like he's not like uh, he's not. He's ru- not. He's he's ruling through like helping everybody work together. He's not. Yeah, like, he can, and he can really rally the troops, and he does that later with Sid's toys too. He yes. can really like bring people together, and that's kind of what he does. And we kind of see that he's, you know, the one. In charge, essentially. He is the sheriff in the town, after Yeah. And I think that's always good. Like, yeah, I think that the idea that, like, they made him a sheriff and then they made him feel like a sheriff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So then he says, you know, would it make you guys feel better if I send the soldiers out? You know, if I send out the troops. If I send out the troops. And so that's when he. Save your batteries. That was like his thing. I love the little, like, terms. Because they're all panicky. Because I love when we see that they see the kids. So we see them looking out the window at all the kids arriving with all the boxes, but then you see it from if a kid looked up at the window and the blinds are going crazy and all <laughs> yeah. the toys. It's such a good switch in perspective there. Uh, 
But the other thing we wanted to, I wanted to mention here, Leanne, you were talking about man-made objects. We were talking about, you know, how they used the toys, how they were intended, but then expanded on that. And you were talking about like water in a glass versus a paper yeah. cup. So I didn't know if you wanted to say that again here because I thought oh, that, that yeah. was really interesting. Yeah, totally. Like uh, when John Lasseter was like looking into like these motivations for why the toys are doing what they do, he was mostly interested in the idea that, you know, man-made objects are made for single purposes, right? So a glass, you know, is meant to hold liquid. So it's most happy when it's full, you know, because you're using it, it's full of water. But then the glass gets really sad when you like drink all the water from it, right? And then that kind of adds to the extra layer of like glass half empty and whatever. But like, but then you look at a paper cup and the cup is like a single use thing. So it gets super happy, you fill it up with water. But then when you finish it, you toss it out. So it's a single use thing. And now it's sad that you threw it away, you know, like, yeah, and I, I think they did some of this. They talked about it with like why Mr. Potato Head was so cranky. And it's like, well, if your face fell off all the time, you'd be really like annoyed with stuff. Yeah, like that. And exactly. People, like moving your your eyes around and, and different things where they maybe shouldn't be. And I think what movie one of the movies we've done, we talked a little bit. Oh, it was um the items in Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Because we talked about how Lumiere is fiery and mm-hmm, a fiery mm-hmm. lover and Cogsworth is wound tight. Yeah, how the inanimate yeah. objects inform their personalities yeah. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, and that it makes them very solid, too, with, with those character motivations, too. Like, you know, toys want to be played with. That's their purpose, right? So, yeah, yeah naturally Woody would get jealous, you know, well, if he got replaced. You know? yeah, yeah, and I think that becomes a cool part at the end where that's – he, you know, at the end it's not – you're a toy that's nothing. It's like there's importance in being a toy and yeah. it matters. Mm-hmm. I think you see that again going back to what you said, Tara, where we start the movie off just seeing how important toys are. And how important they are we... to Andy yeah. specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, well, because we see how important they are to Sid in a much more disturbing way. I will say something. <laughs> it really bothered me when he slides Woody down the banister and he hits the thing and we're still like, Andy's such a good uh owner and i'm like he just dropped him down the st-. like i don't know why that really bothered me because it felt I like i loved like, when he was spinning him around though and he yes, takes him on the couch the, but and just stuff. when you watch it he goes yeah bam and he just hits the like railing and i was like oh no ow <laughs> but the soldiers give a play-by-play of the presence uh and then you know it winds up rex gets overly excited and anxious and knocks the batteries out of the baby monitor that they're using mm-hmm. and so they don't hear that it's a new toy and then all they hear is it's a code red because Andy's coming upstairs with all the yeah. friends. So they all take their places. And my thought was, that must be really hard to remember where Andy left you last. Like if, you, well, if you're if yeah. you like socializing as a group like they were, and then you have to remember exactly where you were the last time Andy was in the room. As someone who never remembers where they put things, maybe I'm not the problem is all I'm saying. <laughs> maybe my glasses are getting up and moving around. And they're I'm just not going back <laughs> to the right spot. Yeah. Uh, but I love how we see Buzz from his feet first, right? The first time mm. we see Buzz, you know, he crash lands onto the bed. Andy puts the box onto the bed, and then they have games or cake or something. The mom calls them away. <laughs> yeah, they come in like a hurricane. <laughs> and yeah, and then out. they leave. And so you get Woody who says, I'll go check it out. And from Woody's perspective, you see him from his feet up. And I just love the way that they do that. We really get to see the detail of Buzz and how different he is from any other toy. And Buzz well, doesn't... you pointed out, Leanne, he's kind of got that far off, like, 
glazed look. Like, yes. Like, all the toys do that. They have a different, like, like they're not focusing on anything. Well, and you see that really clearly when Woody talks to Sid and when he's, like, talking to oh, him yeah. as a toy and then actually moves his face to yeah. look directly into Sid's eyes. Uh, but... But the whole bit gimmick with Buzz is he doesn't know he's a toy. And we know this from moment one. And I will say this all holds up and is so funny. Like this whole idea of Buzz thinking he's a space ranger and the way that the story progresses because of that. Uh, but, you know, they're, the rest of the toys start comparing Buzz to Woody. Yeah, they just, saying, they just think he's a cool toy. They he think is a he's cool a cool toy. toy, but they start comparing like Buzz's sound system to Woody's drawstring which is kind of a sad moment and they're just kind of comparing the upgrades that buzz has and leanne mentioned it gives brave little toaster vibes a little bit it really does yeah which it very much does uh so basically woody is trying from moment one to explain to buzz he's not a toy and he doesn't well buzz goes into that whole monologue he has and woody like looks Looks upside down at the box and realizes it's the thing on the side of the box except when he mentioned zerg and the thing it has like zerg and there's a star next to it yeah and i was like it's got to say somewhere on that box like purchase zerg separately. separately yeah uh-huh yeah. and Do you i remember being an avid uh, ninja turtle uh collector leanne like you'd get the you, i remember that you there there would release in sets and i'd love i'd keep the backs because i'd want to see all the ones i didn't have yet yes yes yeah and like I, it always, um, it always was a little sad though. Like when you bought, like let's say, an accessory or a vehicle, and it'll be like ooze not included, and you're like, oh, oh can yeah. we talk about ooze for just a moment? So this is a toy talk. <laughs> uh-huh. Did, I was not allowed ooze or slime, and I was talking to someone the other day about how many '80s toys was like there was some sort of torture thing that you just poured ooze into the top. And it (laughs) slinked through and just landed on your toy and made it gross. So I was allowed Play-Doh until Jeremy and I uh, on the steps. And listeners know him from the Little Mermaid podcast. But Leanne also knows him because we all grew up together. Uh, I had like one of those Play-Doh make sets where it was like you made ice cream cones. And like it was like a food station. And we played with it on the stairs. And the stairs were carpet. And I think we got Play-Doh all in the carpet. And then I think... I think it was put away for a while, and then we were allowed to play with it again, but, like, at the kitchen table. Like we... Yeah, that's, like, the capital offense, getting it in the carpet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did uh, any of you guys ever eat your Play-Doh? Yeah, it was salty. Okay. I feel it was like... salty. Th- yeah. Thank you. Okay, I thought it was yeah. going to be a situation where I went, yeah, me neither. And then no. we just moved on. No, <laughs> I know it was bright colors, and then you made it into food items. I feel like when you're a certain age, yeah. like, it's just like, well, my why mom, wouldn't you try it? My mom looked up something that was how to make edible Play-Doh, which is essentially, like, peanut butter Play-Doh. Oh, yeah. At oh. one point, I think, to discourage me, like, yeah. like I, I don't know. But I would always just be like, nom, 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 salty. Okay, good. I'm glad someone else out there. Yes, you're not alone in that. No, no. Uh, So I also love that Woody then says, I forget exactly when it happens, but he says something like, I can't say this word right now because preschool toys are here. Yes. So I love that little bit. And he gives some nicknames to Buzz, Mr. Light Beer, Light Snack, like he's, (laughs) when he's like kind of annoyed with him. And he basically tells Buzz, you can't fly. Like, that's just, what is it? Not artful falling. Falling, falling with, with style. Falling with style. And he jumps off the bed and lands on, like, a... The race car track. And yeah. then, like, it's yeah. this whole thing. And so it looks like he flies. And then we see the montage. So, you know, we've seen kind of Buzz's, his tricks, his lights, his whistles, and everything. And then you see Andy playing and how 
Woody gets pushed aside. The whole room changes from being themed like sheriff and cowboys to all branded Buzz Lightyear stuff from the sheets to the posters to everything. And then I have here that the Etch-A-Sketch was hard to use. It is. Oh, because yes. he, he goes to the Etch-A-Sketch, he sees it's drawn Buzz. And yes, he feels it's drawn right. Buzz. And then we were talking about how hard it was to use the Etch-A-Sketch. You said you drew squares. Squares I or drew steps. Squares. Yeah. yeah I yep. think left this, up, left oh, up. That's all, that's all you can do, like squares yeah. and steps, like geometric. I, I don't know. <laughs> there was one that used that was at my office before we went in the pandemic that just kind of shuffled around the kitchen and mm-hmm. i think artists would just sit there and do stuff because every once in a while you'd go over and look at it there'd be some really cool picture that's awesome i'm that's glad that people great. were able to use yeah. them in that way but it was really hard no I yeah am. so we see woody getting upset with this montage we see him getting jealous and then at the end he's in the tool the, the toy box yes and that's where he goes to sleep which with his spot used to always be on Andy's bed and then yes in the morning I'm can't, Woody howdy 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 he can't <laughs> find his hat yeah and then the shark and that's really the only time we see the shark he like is he's in the, in the background, background I love yeah. all the background toys well the, the troll yeah. too troll is, is like with the main gang for there's a good amount of it there's snake and robot mm-hmm. there's Mr. Spell yes uh, there's the one we found the out later the, the binoculars toy. Lenny mm-hmm. which I'm yeah. wondering did they name him Lenny or did Andy name him Lenny yeah oh that's a good point um, and then the barrel of monkeys the barrel mm-hmm. of monkeys the uh rc the mm. uh the wrestler figure rocky gibraltar which we thought yes. was pretty funny yeah um, uh but we find out here you know buzz is still trying to fix his ship his cardboard box trying to fix it to get back uh to star command and we see that andy has inscribed his name mm-hmm. on buzz's foot like he has on woody's and this your is, leader has yeah woody's like yeah. your chief is inscribed yes. or i i guess buzz says that andy your chief has inscribed my name his name on my foot right i think that's how it goes something like something that. yeah did we yeah. talk about on the uh, did i say this on the thing about how apparently at disney for a while if you yelled andy's coming all the Toy Story characters would like lay down and be still for a while i love that i kind of wish they still did that so uh, but this is when Buzz is saying that he's the real Buzz Lightyear and Woody gets like delirious with laughter here. He's lost it and he's trying to get all the toys over to be like, can you believe this guy? Can you believe that he thinks he's the real one? And then this is when it cuts to Sid. So everybody starts hiding from Sid. They hear he's home. Apparently he's come back from summer you know, camp. No, he got kicked out kicked early. Out he got kicked out early. <laughs> uh, and so they look to see who he's got and he's got combat Carl. And so, you know, they start saying he tortures toys for fun. Uh, Buzz wants to teach Sid a lesson. Buzz is so confident and so fearless and brave. He wants to just go down there right away. Well, he thinks he's saving combat Carl's life. Yes, and he doesn't. Woody kind of stops him, and Buzz kind of says, you know, I could have done something about that. And then my thought was, are they moving because they live next to Sid? I love that narrative. Yeah. I love that, by the way. They never say why they're moving. Uh, But then Woody's looking at the magic eight ball. And it rolls and it gets stuck behind the desk. And then he well, has... Well, it's, it's, it's Andy can only take one toy to Pizza yes, Planet. Yes, that's right. That's and so, right. And, and so Woody goes, well, <laughs> will, will Andy take me each? Not likely. Like, yeah. First of all, Tom Hanks, let's all just admit here, is the best, like, exasperated yeller of, so of movie history. Yes, mm-hmm. Everything from, great. like, there's no crying in baseball to yeah. this. He's just like... So good. And all around the same time, at least those yes, these yes, two yes, movies yes, mm-hmm. in particular. Uh, the decade of Hanks. Yes. 
But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so the eight ball rolls behind the desk and then this kind of gives Woody this idea. And so he's very dramatic and asking Buzz for help. There's a toy who's in trouble. You have to save them. And then he uses the race car. He uses RC and it knocks into the bulletin board, which falls, which knocks the globe over. And so it's like this whole series of events and Buzz saves himself from going out the windowsill. But then the lamp swings over and then we see Woody is next to the lamp. So Woody moved that lamp, right? Are we no, to believe that? Or are we to it. believe something yeah, hit I think the lamp? It was like that ball, right? Or something think, rolled, oh, okay. yeah, hit the I lamp. Think, but the toys see it and think Woody's yeah. done it. Well, no, R.C. flat out tells him. Because for some reason, R.C. has this lassie kind of relationship with Mr. Potato Head. Where he's like, re, 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 re. Like, oh, what are you trying yeah. to say, R.C.? And he's like, he says this wasn't an accident. Yeah, like, that's yeah. right. What? I want to know their story. Like, yeah. why can he understand him? Uh, and then when Buzz falls out the window, we hear that Wilhelm scream. Yes. Yeah, so that happens. And then that's when R.C. says no accident. And then all the other toys gang up on Woody. They get very upset that Woody did this on purpose. <laughs> And then Etch-a-Sketch draws when, oh, you know, when Andy They try comes, to get him out. Andy comes in to look for Buzz. And they and all have to fall down. And then the Etch-a-Sketch draws a gallows. Yes. The noose. Yes. And Mr. Potato Head. There's a couple of dark moments Mr. there. Mr. Potato Head, we talked about Woody kind of being the bad guy in, in an older version of this movie. Like, Mr. Potato Head's kind of, he's not the villain, but he's like the he dark in, character in this he kind of i don't want to say incites i guess yeah yeah that is what he's he's gassed on he gets the crowd to go yeah he really does he really he's kind of set on once he hears it wasn't an accident he's not willing to hear woody's explanation at all and it's funny because i think he plays a much more like jovial character and further incarnation which by the way when we looked on disney plus and there were like four rows of oh my gosh there's so many toy story things yeah it's probably because he ended up with mrs potato head that's probably true she She even him out out yeah Yeah. i get it i get Mm -hmm. it it happens Mm -hmm. uh so andy comes up can't find buzz is super bummed he's like okay i guess i'll take woody so he takes woody and then buzz jumps on the car and this is when we see them trying to do a rescue effort. They don't know that Buzz has left the house. And so that's where the monkey's in the barrel. And they're trying to get them down there, trying to find him. And then we notice that the baby, Molly, is in the front seat of the car. And that in a, was in the a only thing. Th- yeah. Otherwise, we think his mom is a great single mom. Two kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, what I, I would like to know what happened because that Molly's Very pretty tidy young. house. Like, did yeah, they have I mean, and they broke up? Did he, is he gone? Is he? Maybe they're married, but he is, like, stationed overseas or something. You don't know. He could be in the military mm-hmm. or something. She could be a widow. We she don't could know. could be, yeah. Oh. So widow, many options. The widow, what was the one you hate from? Oh, I just hate that they. Refer to her as the widow. Yes, from Fox and the Hound. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> she doesn't have an actual name. She's just the widow. Uh, oh, but... I had no. Oh, wow. You're yeah. right. <laughs> She's got, like, a last name. Well, we Go listen to our Fox and Hound episode, yeah. <laughs> listeners. Uh, so then um, we notice that – I love what Buzz says here. Not we notice, but Buzz says this, and I just love this. You, I noticed that you tried to terminate me, but revenge is not an idea on my planet. But we're not on my planet, are we? <laughs> and then they just start fighting under the car at the gas station. It's the first time Buzz kind of loses his cool a Yes. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so they start fighting, Buzz and Woody, and then... Andy drives away. Yes, and then they're looking out, and Buzz sees the moon and the stars, and the reflection on his helmet of the moon and the stars in that moment was yes. really cool. Well, he starts talking about his... He's like, I there's Zerg has created a 
space station. And which I have he to basically get back. is talking about the Death Star. Yeah. And then he's yeah. like, I have to get back. And then they have this beautiful reflection on there. And I, it's interesting because we talked about there's that show Buzz Lightyear and Star Command, and like it's the story of like his fictional story. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, it makes me want to watch it. I hope it's on yeah. Disney Plus. But I, I like, it's this weird moment where you're like, we like for a minute the audience is like we do have to get that yeah space thing you're there. like rallied like, behind yeah. him he's <laughs> so he passionate about brings it brings you back to reality it's like that's not how that's not true yeah <laughs> and so they start fighting in the parking lot the gas station and then the pizza planet car comes up and so he this is when he's like buzz a spaceship this will get you where you need to go and so they sneak on to the truck and then that's how they get to, to where pizza they're going planet, which is the coolest pizza showbiz pizza oh my god you know they had to have like some showbiz pizza animatronic thing in the back we didn't get to see yeah probably oh, man. Some, like, of an alien well the alien band. soda machines the were... alien slime yeah yes. you know that was like surge flavor yeah i just surge? we yes oh my god we just want this restaurant to exist yes. somebody create mm-hmm. it somebody make it identical to to everything that's in there because it's you so keep going, good i'm gonna look up to see if because i think there is a pizza planet it can't be it that can't good be like because that. it's got such great like the guards have, at the door i mean yeah, come the on guards yeah. at the door, they have the uh alien chest burster whack-a-mole uh-huh. which is my favorite thing yeah there's so many good things in there but i love how buzz and woody sneak in as a soda cup and a burger box there's some good moments there where they're like bumping into each other and the straw moves as Woody's talking. And then that's when we started talking about the McDonald's toys that were, were Transformers, the hamburgers yes. And, yes. and the fries. So we I had a wanted... lot of toy talk. We did. Yeah, it was hard not to with this. <laughs> Disney. This is a article from March 29th, 2018. Okay. So who knows what's in. Uh, Disneyland is opening a real life pizza planet inspired by Toy Story. This space-themed arcade restaurant reportedly be brought to life this April, so there's a good chance it exists. Let me keep looking and see Let if I can find it. Let's see if you can find else. it in Disneyland. So then Buzz jumps in. He sees the giant rocket. They almost get back with Andy on the stroller until the giant rocket of the aliens, of the claw machine. And we loved these aliens. Leanne, you mentioned it at the beginning, and I completely forgot about them, but this whole scene with them is so good when they ask who's in charge. And they're all just like very ominously the claw, the claw, and like looking up there, <laughs> and then and then unfortunately Sid is there, so Sid comes to play the claw, and the one alien gets picked up and goes farewell. I'm going to a better place, like, and it's so sad because yeah. we know what's going to happen to the alien at this point, and so but or Woody finds a way out through the back, like where you would stock uh, the claw machine. And he's trying to get Buzz's attention. And all the aliens are like, no, it's his purpose. He must go. He's and been so, chosen. <laughs> yes. So they all push Buzz and Woody. He, he yells, get out of here, you zealots. Yes. Yeah, that was and great. So, uh, so Sid sees that it's Buzz. He gets it on the claw machine. And then he gets the twofer. He gets Woody and Buzz in one go with the claw machine. And so then we cut to uh, Sid's house. But I want to just wait. Uh, did you find something? So I found a video. Um, it doesn't look like what we. Well, here we go. There's some. No, I, it's it's just a it's just a restaurant. It's got oh. really cool theming. So like the windows. I guess that's why look, they say well, inspired. Put the I'll yeah. put the video up, but it, the outside looks like. Oh, that's cool. But oh. you just go in, and it's and it's just 
like you know pizza counter restaurant. service pizza yeah like there's some really cool rocket ships up in the top there's some uh like there's like windows where it looks like you're looking out to space and like the aliens are looking in oh, that's like cool. but oh, it's that's not cool. i i it's, need we just near want the, the identical i want from alien the film. slime yes. i want the chest yeah. first or whack-a-mole yes. i want it i want it uh give it to me so we cut to sid's house and hannah we just loved his sister his sister is so sweet and you know, she's got this doll and he immediately says that her dolly's sick and steals it from her and takes it and operates on it. And we find out later that when she's having a tea party with Buzz Lightyear, all of her dolls no longer have heads. Like, <laughs> and she's, taking, she's totally, like, accepting of it, she's too. She's come to like, terms with it. Yeah. yeah. She, like, I mean, I, she is... I think Hannah's going to grow up to be some sort of child psychologist. Yes. I think she's going to be really calm, and I think she's going to draw like it, I. I feel for Han- for Hannah. She I is going to have. She is mm-hmm. going to be. She's going to have a rough go of it for a while. I think what we're seeing from this is that she is going to overcome it all, though. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the alien goes to the dog because it's like a squeaky mm-hmm. toy. So Crud is that his name? Scud. 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 So Scud, which Hannah did not name that dog. No, not at all. <laughs> no. So Scud gets the alien doll, which is so sad. So we see him go away, and then he puts this pterodactyl, do we head. think, head yeah. onto yeah. the doll, and that's when he leaves. Some did a package come in the mail. I can't remember why Sid. Oh, oh Hannah, Hannah sees tells it. on the mom. And then yeah. she screams. tells the mom and tells on Sid. Uh, <laughs> She's lying. Whatever she, Whatever said, she said, it's not true. And then we see what happened to the doll. And then we see all the other weird the toys. The misfits. The misfits. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to call them weird, but the toys that oh, Sid. Oh, they're weird. But Sid has turned them into misfit toys. So I want to talk about this a little bit because I, I, I don't know if we said this at the beginning, but. The animators in the stuff I saw were like all really like, oh, we think Sid grows up to be an animator. Like that's what oh, they said. Oh, interesting. They go, because, I can believe that <laughs> because all of us did this with toys. Is we yeah. took them apart, yeah. and well, put them together. Apparently, in weird ways. he was based off of one animator that had the same name, Phillips. So I don't know which animator it was. I don't. Mm. I don't know that he currently worked on the film. It was someone they worked with. I don't think somebody that is still working there or worked on the film. But what I read was that this person would make some darker creations, like disassembling (laughs) toys. They apparently did so many different, like, uh, drawings of, like, let's put this. And it became that they started making, like, really cool-looking ones or really, like, cute ones. Like, they had one where it was, like, a rubber ducky head on front of a boat. And they're like, that just looks fun. Like, let that just look a toy. (laughs) Like they start, like there were so many of them. They're like, okay, remember guys, these have to look a little creepy. They were very successful at the creep factor because especially the music that's played, how they come out from under the bed, how they all hide when Sid comes back. And so you see the baby head on the spider, which I think is the one that everyone that could give you nightmares. Yes. Uh, I, with the one eye. Well, they all had names. It was like Roller Bob. Like later we'd talking. It was well, the, the I'm guy who was like unstuck though, on a skateboard. Because they don't talk like Andy's toys talk. So I wonder if Woody nicknamed them all those names. Well, I don't know. In my mind, I thought like they actually could talk to him like RC could talk to Potato um, Head. Maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't so know. this is when we see all of those toys. And Woody and Buzz freak out. They take the doll, and so now they think they're cannibals. They really took the doll to fix it, but Buzz says that, and that's kind of what they think, that the other toys attack each other. It feels like something, like, I don't know why, it just felt like a very, like, Star Trek-y thing to, like, you go to, like, you realize what's happening. Oh, they're cannibals. Yes. That's the problem of the week on Star Trek. Yeah. So (laughs) then, 
Uh, it cuts back to Sid playing, and he's at a rebel base, and it felt very Star Wars-esque in that moment, didn't it? When yes. he was interrogating. Uh, I mean, a lot of this comes from Star Wars, like 100%. These guys are all Star Wars fans. Buzz Lightyear does a lot of Star Wars references. Yeah. Like, in the second movie, there's a ton of, there, there's a whole Empire Strikes Back thing. Oh, okay. You know, like, um, a big portion of, like, their tech came from Lucasfilm, right? Oh no kidding. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um the the one like programmer like Ed Catmull along with the other like programmers that he ended up like taking into Pixar, they all started at Lucasfilm as part of the computer department. Mm. Oh, and at cool. that yeah, at that time they were trying to prove that computers were useful for making special effects, but everyone wasn't like, you know, onto it. On board no with one... it. Yeah. Yeah. So like well, what I... Yeah. Yeah, what ended up happening actually, they ended up like the, the whole, like, computer department ended up becoming in jeopardy. And that's when Steve Jobs came in and acquired them. So the they actually, at Lucasfilm, they created the Pixar Imaging Computer, which is where Pixar got its name. Mm. And the Pixar Imaging Computer was meant to do special effects, basically. Oh, like, uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, they original, originally Pixar Imaging Computers, that was, like, their thing. They were trying to sell hardware before they actually started making feature film. That's interesting because in the 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 uh, special feature I saw on the DVD, the, the legacy George Lucas came in and was like, one of the things Toy Story taught us was what we can do with this to how important they are to making movies, which is interesting because yeah. he, you know, four years later when he's making Phantom Menace, like computer imaging was so important to him. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because like um, when when uh, that computer department ended up getting acquired like through Steve Jobs and Pixar became its own company. Mm -hmm. um, George Lucas actually kind of talks about Pixar as kind of like a proud parent in a way. Like he's oh, kind of like, oh yeah, it's like totally, because he's always been into like, um, you know, looking at the latest and greatest. But yeah, there wasn't much buy-in when they were originally like the ex, you know, Lucasfilm people from that ended up in Pixar. There wasn't much buy-in when they were at Lucasfilm. Doing it was more older. after the fact and seeing that it was successful. Yeah, 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 for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's really no good segue here, so I'm gonna just. <laughs> yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was like a complete like, aside. Yeah. Segue sorry going, about that. Basically, yeah. uh, you're like speaking of Toy Story. Yes, here's some more about yeah. Toy Story. Uh -huh. No, but while Sid's interrogating Woody, he burns him with a magnifying glass. Yes. During this moment, well, and then that was we another all thing talked the... about magnifying glass yes. instances in our childhood. Well, real quick, that was in the in the documentary. One of the guys at that point goes, oh, yeah, I burnt a hole in this doll head to see what it would look like. Like, and he had, it was, <laughs> it was like some old doll with a plastic yeah. head. And then, like, this woman came over. He's like, see? And she's like, oh, cool. And, like, they were, like, really, like, the most, like, developer thing of, like, look how it's darker here. You know, like, they're really, like, looking at it. Into but it, yeah, yeah. what it would yeah. look like. Um, I burnt a bunch of leaves when I was a kid. You said you got in trouble with a magnifying glass a little oh, bit, Oh, my Leanne. goodness. You started yeah. a fire. Am I allowed to talk Compl about this? Oh, this no, that's totally fine. Yeah. Over? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, it was like I was hanging out with, like, the neighborhood boys. Actually, Tara, you probably know Matt, right? Oh, um, yes. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. So he lived down the street from me, like, a few yeah. houses down. And him and another guy, Steve um steve and like we would we would actually play with this magnifying glass it was in like a science book and then like yeah it got out of hand we we ended up like <laughs> the leaves started burning i was like let's move it to the uh grill you know like that way we can contain it in there and then we we're like let's start putting newspaper in there and see how big this fire can get 
And it got so big that it started getting a little bit out of control. And I don't know if you remember, Tara, my backyard used to be all woods. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, no. and what happened was it got gusty and some oh, of the newspaper. No. Yeah. Some of the newspaper that was on fire started floating away. So all of a sudden, the three of us were trying to like stomp it out. My mom's upstairs taking a nap because she worked nights, you know, as a nurse. And I actually burned myself trying to stomp it out. Oh, no. Yeah. So when I yelled really loudly, it was like the classic, like, upstairs window, like, whoosh, like, yeah. ripped open. And she was just like, what are you doing down there? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's Definitely. wild. I love it. Yeah. Got an earful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so... At this point, after Woody's interrogated, I think this is when Sid gets his package or whatever. So he leaves again and leaves the door open. Yeah. Because then they try to run out the door and all the toys stop them. And again, they think the toys, at this point, we think the toys are bad. Like Mm -hmm. that they're trying to stop them from leaving. And this is when Buzz is talking about like what he can do. And Woody's like, you have a karate chop feature. And then he (laughs) just uses it. And, and Buzz is like, what are you doing? Stop it. Yeah, yeah. So they get through them. But really, the toys were trying to protect them from the dog. Yeah. They were trying to warn them that the dog's down there sleeping on the stairs. And so they're sneaking around. And on one of the, like, iron, like, wrought iron parts of the staircase, Woody's jawstring gets caught. And he talks. He, mm. it, it pulls and talks. And it wakes the dog. And so they're running around. They split up. And then this is when Buzz sees the commercial of him. And the 90s toy commercial of him. And this is when he finds out he's come to terms with he's not really a spaceman. And it's like that 90s toy. like, Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. And, like the, like, and then not a flying toy yeah. at the bottom. And so this is where we were talking about. We mentioned it earlier being really relatable as an adult versus a kid. Like, who am I? And this is who I thought I am. Or this is what I thought I'd be. Yeah. And I'm not. And it's very, very sad here. Like, I really. Well, re- the song you pointed out is very. The song, too, but, like, just everything is just, like, this moment where Buzz, he tries to fly. He, like, looks at the window, and it says, like, the the lyrics are, because we watch with subtitles, like, sailing no more or something. It's basically talking about, like, not being able to do something anymore. And, yeah, he doesn't, he can't fly. This is also where Leanne saw it does say just Disney on his butt. Like, it's it's a Disney toy. Yeah. It's just funny that within this universe... We learned that Buzz Lightyear is a Disney toy. Yes, but that was made in Taiwan, though, because <laughs> yes. his flip thing says made in Taiwan. But um, yes. Now, uh, since so we it's were just talking. so to, sad. Yeah. Um, I want to take a moment to use this time to talk about my dislike for what's his name again? Randy Newman. Oh, because go he's ahead. The song, <laughs> this is your platform. And I want to say that I realize he sounds like a slightly uh, melted bowl of jello learned to sing. <laughs> I think he's just like I think he's an excellent lyricist. I think he writes good songs, but you want someone else. I do, to sing I want them? someone else to sing because he's just like, "Is you going to go sailing?" <laughs> like he just sounds like it's like if the grimace from McDonald Land learned to talk, learned to sing. I again, I don't mind it in the film. I think it works yeah. fine in the film, but I, I wouldn't go to a is, Randy Newman concert. Yes, we talked I, about that. Like, I wouldn't about three, like want to listen to a whole album of Randy Newman if it wasn't like worked into the film. It just it would just be like I'm like we got to get out of here by like song four. Yeah. Short people. Did you guys ever hear Short People? That was a song he just no. put out. No. Some reason like short people are also people. No. Like all the songs oh, are like wow. just really? like, 
Yes, because he's like... Those are actual lyrics? I don't know if it's our also... I think the point of the thing is like, don't you like short people? Like, it's not making fun of him. I think he's one of them. Oh. He's just a... Like, all the songs are like, there goes Tara. She's getting a Coke <laughs> in the fridge. And now she's going to drink it. Like, it's just like... Okay. You might want to consider being a Randy Newman impersonator for concerts or something. I know. I feel like he's right Great. here in the I room. would just... It'd be like... Yeah. I would, I would really walk out of my it. own concert. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that's sad about this scene is this is when Buzz's arm pops off because he tries yeah. to fly so now he doesn't have an well, he's arm. laying at the bottom of the yes, stairs and like, so a, like sad really in this pose. Pose. yeah they did um, a, like an awesome job hamming it up it's like let's have his arm come off too oh, you know, yeah. like, oh. it gets better because then uh woody escapes from scud and then his outside hannah's and here's like Buzz Lightyear say like you know like come come in Star Command yeah and she's like oh that's very interesting Mrs Nesbit and she's having a tea party with Buzz all of her headless dolls this all is of her see all head- the yeah dolls. And she that she's completely acclimated she's to she's making the most of it she really is she's like I'll be right back ladies because Woody throws his voice and sounds enough like her mom yeah to to make her think <laughs> her mom's calling it's, it's her it's not like Iago and Aladdin sounding exactly like, like Jasmine. Jasmine like Jasmine like, like Woody <laughs> just going Hannah yeah. Um, but he goes in and then... And we meet Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> what? Buzz is having a complete mental breakdown. Complete. He's like, look at the hat. I'm Mrs. Nesbitt. And he's wearing this apron and he doesn't have his arm and he feels like he's at the bar. Yes. Like, just yeah. talking about his and I, troubles and I his love, sorrow. I love that Woody opens his helmet, slaps him, and then closes his slaps helmet Slaps him again. with Buzz's with hand. With Buzz's own With arm. the <laughs> hand that's broken. And then he says, you've had enough tea for yeah. one day. Yeah. Uh, so then they get back into Sid's room, and this is where Buzz, we think he's lost it, but he really loses it here. He's like, what's the point of anything? Like, really, like, has yeah. no motivation to try to escape, and Woody's like, this is our moment, the windows are open, like, I've got these Christmas lights, we can do this. And so he throws the Christmas lights over to Andy's room, and all the toys see Woody, and they wonder where Buzz is, and they think something fishy's going on, and Buzz won't come up, so he takes the uh, broken arm. Woody and- starts working Buzz's arm, like, "Hey, buddy, let's do that yeah, secret that handshake." Secret handshake. We learned. Oh, give me a hug! And oh, this they, is great. He holds the arm out, and they realize it's just an arm. Every time in this movie, all the toys like Reacting scream to and air like yeah. together. Like they do it, with, like they do it here. They do it later when they think Buzz is or Woody is killing again. Yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> and Rex throws up here. Rex, oh like, yeah, can't oh yeah, it that's it's right. Just the arm. What do you of think Buzz? he throws up? Oh, good quality. I think it's just a bunch of little Legos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> uh, so that all happens. They let go of the Christmas lights, and they're just like, "You're on your own, Woody," which is a dark moment. I know they think he's killed Buzz. But it's also a dark moment because they know what is going to happen to Woody at SIDS. They very much know his future by doing that. And so then all the weird toys, they he thinks they're going to come and eat Buzz. And this is where we find out, oh, they actually fix what they can when they can. So they fix Buzz. And then Sid comes back up with this package, the big one. And we find was out that, what it that was called? yes, the big yeah, one. that he can order explosives in the mail. He has an "I love explosives" bumper sticker. He has a can of gasoline just yes. on his desk. This is when we started looking around Sid's room. Yes. And we're like he has this is a an very concerning interrogation <laughs> very handbook. Yeah, you ever heard of that movie? We need to talk about Kevin. 
Yes. We need to talk about Sid. That's what yes, it felt yeah, like. the, yeah. That's like, the darker version of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he wants to put Woody in orbit, but can't find Woody because I think he's under the milk crate at this point. So yeah. he puts a spaceman in orbit. So he t- he tapes the rocket to Buzz, and thankfully the lightning and thunderstorm stops him from doing it. So he can't go out there with him. And then we see that Andy is packing up. They're getting ready to move. And he's so sad because he can't find Woody or Buzz. And Mm -hmm. he winds up falling asleep holding the Woody hat that he has, just like Woody's cowboy hat. And And that's when Bo Peep is like, I wish you could see how much he misses you. Yeah. And then all the toys are boxed up at this point, too. So Woody asks for Buzz's help because he's trapped under that milk crate. And this is when he goes into that whole thing that you were talking about, Ryan, about how, you know, toys are better than being a space ranger. Like, you're his toy. You're Andy's toy. And and you're the coolest of toys. Like, you can do all these things. Look what I can do. Like, I can't do anything compared to what you can do. And he kind of goes into that whole kind of motivational speech a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's it's a good speech because it's like it gives Buzz an idea of, like, where his place is. It explains better woody's motivation isn't just jealousy like woody's losing his space as like yeah and his identity as as like what he is to andy Mm -hmm. and so it's this really great moment i like too that like it brings a sense of like purpose regardless of what you know buzz thought of himself before too yeah like buzz really only saw himself as the superhero spaceman guy right like but then Woody's like, you know what? You can also bring happiness to someone else in a different way as mm-hmm. well, even if your identity was completely different than what you thought. And and not mm-hmm. only that, but you're really good at this thing. You're a great toy. You have all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And, like, uh-huh. yeah. and I think, too, you know, we see that Buzz is so fearless and then he loses that fearlessness. And I think he gets it back kind of after this speech, after like Woody saves him, you know, and they try to meet back up with the truck. Well, even though his purpose has changed, who he is is still the yeah. same, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's still a hero. He's just... Inherently, his, the scope yeah. of his heroism has mm-hmm. shifted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is when they're trying to free him. They wind up getting him free, but then the toolbox falls on top of him, which we were all toolbox. the Binford toolbox, which we were all like, oh, that's got our yeah, hurt. Yeah, I think we on all have like a Woody. visceral like, oh, like... <laughs> yeah. And then this is when he takes Buzz out and Woody's like, we have to save him. And again, he rallies the troops. He gets all the toys together, all the misfit toys. And he's like, we're going to have to break some rules, but I think we can really help Buzz. And I love this whole plan. This elaborate plan that they ring the doorbell by going through the light. They move the light bulb (laughs) out in front of the house to ring the doorbell and distract the dog. And they all get outside. And it's just so good. And then we see how they turn the tables on Sid. Oh my and God. this scene is even great. more amazing, so I think, as an adult. Because it's because slightly it's, horrifying. Yes, it is something out of a horror movie, which Sid's character is also something out of a horror yes. movie with him I, destroying these toys in a way. I think this doesn't work if it's not against Sid. Agreed. Like, it's a, yeah. like, after you're like, God, Sid's the worst, and this happens to him, you're like, yes. Yeah. Because it's scary. Well, like, because at they're first, rising they're up, like, rising out of the out mud, of the and they're coming out of all these places in the yard, and then Woody's talking, but looking still like a toy. It sounds like it's his yeah. voice box yes. talking. Yeah, it's and it's like, that's creepy, too, because, yeah. so you know, creepy. like, talking you dolls. Right. Busted, Buster. Yes. Like, and then he addresses him as Sid Phillips. Yes. He uses his first and his last <laughs> name. <laughs> and then all the toys come to scare him. And then when Woody looks directly at him and then turns his head all the way slowly. around oh. slowly, oh. 
<laughs> so good, but also a little bit of nightmare fuel there. Uh, and then that's when Sid runs away screaming the toys are alive. And Hannah kind of gets uh, some satisfaction out of this because she's holding a doll. And Sid is so afraid of the doll because the toys are alive. And Hannah chases him with the doll up the stairs. And that's the last we see of them. So Sid comes back in a in like three, doesn't he? Oh, really? Isn't Did it? He? I feel There's, like I oh. saw three, but I don't remember much. Well, about it's yeah. like somebody's driving a pizza planet. It's like a burnout, and you can see, you don't really see their face, but they're wearing the skull, the skull shirt. shirt. Oh, and that's it's like smart. oh, that's oh. Sid. Like, oh, that's but it's like it's somebody working huh. like a real low rent job or something. Yeah. So I think I don't. Well, uh, we'll look, find out I'm going to say there. Obviously, Sid was going through some stuff before, but now that all those toys have come alive, he has. He has several years of things to work through now after that. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, whether whether or not we cared for him or not. But still, that was because that, that scene is wild. So then they start chasing the moving truck and Buzz winds up saving Woody from the dog because the dog starts chasing them along the way. And then Woody finally gets on the moving truck and loses Buzz. And he looks in the box and he's frantic looking for RC and this is when the toys think oh no Woody's lost it now he's come for us and he's just going to kill all of us because he throws the RC car just (laughs) he just throws it again I love that line so So much and really we find out he's going to try to save Buzz with it but what did you find? Sid is a garbage man in a future one I will show you the picture of the character Oh, interesting. So that's yeah. the character. They don't say it's Sid, but can you see? Oh, he's no way. Yeah, thing. he's wearing the shirt. I can see that Look that's that. Sid. Yeah. So it's like, because yeah. Andy's older, I think, in the third one. Okay. So I oh, think true. Right. He's yeah. going off to college, right? Yeah. Oh, anyway. that's fun. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so he's using RC to try to save Buzz, but they can't see Buzz because he's under a car. So they think Woody is at it again. And they <laughs> basically... killed once, he'll kill again. They basically throw, they throw Woody overboard. They, they yeah. just they're yeah. just like no we're done with you like you've killed well, they, buzz they knock off potato head's face and just his mouth goes throw him over yeah boy. yeah and so now he gets knocked off but he still has the remote control and he winds up getting on the car mm-hmm. with buzz and this is when lenny the binocular toy sees that buzz is on it and then they realize Woody's telling the truth what did we do oh my gosh we have to save them you know i love by the way that the rc car was used Twice for the same reasons, but for, I mean, for two different reasons, right? Like the first time Woody uses RC is to knock off, you know, like to mess with Buzz. And then this time around, he's using RC to take care, you know, to save Buzz. Yeah. I I will say though, talking as much as we did about identity in this, I would hate to be the vehicle who can easily be controlled. By other toys? Yeah. 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 Being Uh, used as the murder weapon. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Good point. (laughs) So we find out that for them to try to save them, they use Slinky Dog. So this is where Slinky Dog gets stretched. And if anyone ever owned a Slinky, that's pretty much what happens to them. I never stretch a Slinky. I have broken so many toys in my life, but I've never never messed up. You never stretched or tangled it? Got it tangled up or anything? I got it tangled up, but you could just undo it really easily. But you know, you like bend it one way. It's always like like Mm. you've just ruined it forever. Mm -hmm. So they throw Slinky Dog out there. They Mm. try to use him, but he stretches too far. And it winds up he doesn't save them. And then it cuts to the kids in the front. So the moving van is following the car with the mom and the kids, and they're listening to Akuna Matata. So that was just a little fun yep. moment. Yeah. And then it cuts back, 
to when the batteries die in RC. And they're like, oh, Buzz still has the rocket strapped to him and Woody still has the match because at one point Sid's going to use Woody for a cookout later. Leanne and I call it a barbecue. We had a little debate about that. Let's talk about that on the Facebook page. If you call it a barbecue, if you call it a cookout, if you call it a grill out, whatever, get at it. Let us know. know. (laughs) 707-YO-TRPD-1. That number again is 707-YO-TRPD-1. But that's what the match is from. So they go to light the match and a car drives by and blows it out. And then this is when Woody, like Woody's been pretty optimistic up to this point. Like we can do this. We can get this. And then this is where Woody kind of loses it. And he's like, we're done for it. Like this is never going to like, we're never going to catch up with them. And he's laying on the ground on the street and his hand starts burning because of Buzz's helmet through Mm -hmm. with the sunlight. And so then he realizes that's how we can light it. And that's what winds up happening. They light the racket rocket. But then Woody's like, oh my gosh, rockets explode. What did I just do? (laughs) Like, this isn't going to end well. And then this is when I cried. Because Buzz actually flies. He's told he can't fly. He's told by Woody. He's told by the TV commercial. He actually flies. He pops his wings out so they separate from the rocket. And then as he's holding Woody, Woody says to Infinity and Beyond. And that's when I lost it. The part that gets Mm -hmm. me is when they drop RC off in the thing and Woody's like, we're missing the the van. He's like, we're not aiming for the van. Oh my gosh, I know. I love it. We're not aiming for the van. You ran me. Let's do this, buddy. I'm getting emotional thinking about it as they go through that sunroof. Um, yeah. And they fall right into Andy's toy box in the car. Yes. It's so good. Uh, and then it cuts to Christmas at the new house, and the army men are in the tree. And mm-hmm. so we know this is a very familiar moment, trying to figure out what Andy's going to get, what the kids are getting. And this time you see Buzz worried like Woody was. Yes. And Woody's like, I'm not worried. You know, oh. I lived through you, essentially, until they find... nothing could be worse than you. And then they find out that they got a puppy. And then it's it just end credits. It's like yes. just a cut and it's done. Um, you did miss one part where they find out that Miss the coming Toy Story 2 is Mrs. Potato Head. Yes. And then he goes, oh, I better shave. And he throws off his mustache. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we notice too as they zoom out. Well, it's not really a zoom out, but they kind of like cuts and we see outside the window in Andy's room. It's a mix of Buzz and Woody. So yes, it's like yes. the pillowcase from Woody's sheet set and the comforter from buzz and the posters are both up on the wall so we see that now like they're more in harmony with andy Mm -hmm. so let's get to our questions we ask every episode how is the princess and i believe in this i'm going to give co-princess titles and woody because they even say in the making of that this is a one of the this is you know we talked a little bit about an aladdin but you know this is probably the first disney buddy picture Mm. Um, Mm, yeah so I think Buzz and Woody are great. I think I like Woody a little bit more in this one. I think Buzz kind of develops a bit. But I just, maybe because I love Tom Hanks so much. Mm -hmm. And believe me, I'm a big Tim Allen apologist from way back. Um, But he's, and listening to this, I feel like he yells the whole time. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. He does yell a lot, but it's great. Buzz, we gotta go do this. Buzz, we gotta go. Buzz, guys. Come on, guys. (laughs) I like, just feel like Woody is more I have that frantic energy. Yes. I, I can I feel like relate to Woody more and he is a little bit of a worry where I think that's why I like Rex so much. Yes. Like Re- mm-hmm. Rex is very similar to that. Uh but I really like them both and I think I think they would be weaker without the other one. Yes. I th- I think they both yeah. uh, they both uh, 
tribute. That's maybe not the right word, but they they, they complement each, each other. other very yeah, well. they complement each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the yeah. things I thought was really cool with both of them was seeing them do their run animations in the thing where like you see Buzz and Buzz is like, and it's it's partly because of how he's constructed as a mm-hmm. toy, which is the other thing. Yep. They all have Buzz has joints at and like little, every, screws. little screws yeah that you can see and so he runs with like purpose and like clank 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 and then like woody's like kind of like flopping around woody's like run is the best yeah. yeah i i love in general just how he flops around and stuff like that like just the idea that like he doesn't actually have like very strong articulation points yes. and that mm-hmm. he could be kind of a bendy noodle if needed yeah and like anytime he falls like when humans come into the room the way woody falls <laughs> is so good it's it looks best. like it would be uncomfortable like he'd be like oh my legs are going to sleep yeah yeah um, or like a human contortionist the uh-huh. thing i think of the most is when he goes you are a toy like the way that is felt so tom hanks but also like good animation like that's mm-hmm. what i was talking about when i said you know, you have, there's lighting issues, some of the stuff. Buzz blinks like one eye after the other a couple of times. A couple of characters do that. It really bugged me. Like, oh, I, I didn't notice why. Yeah. I, I noticed that actually with like most of them. And I was like, is this their way of trying to show that they're not like, you know, they're a little bit more toy than human or something like that? I don't that, know. Maybe? I think they I... stopped doing it because it was like, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of the characters did it. Uh, but like the animation is what makes this like feel like a Disney movie or like any other you know mm-hmm. beautiful piece of, of 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 animation is just like and and the the they had I don't know I don't know how to describe it because I don't have all the, the the I think I have way more ability to do it than before we started this podcast yeah but I feel <laughs> like like there's tension where there should be tension it looks like they're stretching like the mm-hmm. way they move it's so good yeah, yeah it's great. a lot of it like I think to me it's just their acting choices all their acting choices support the physicality of the toy itself like you're pointing out how Buzz Lightyear is very like you know he has these joints that are very specific where the screws are so naturally it's hard plastic and screws it has to bend at this point in you know, a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. What he's made of like, like cloth or foam or what have mm-hmm. you soft. And it's great because they take into account the, that physicality of their toys in addition to the personality of the toy and what their motivations are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and they do that with all the toys too. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah. So I, I mean, I really appreciate this both in Pixar and in Disney movies where they take into account those things as opposed to, oh, I could just like slap on any toy and it would talk like Tom Hanks. Well, you know, like, yeah. no, it, they really like specify, you I know, they have a lot of specificity. I think it's the difference between this and all the, you know, DVD quick computer animated stuff that came out around this time after this came out, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. everything, um, all the little ones you saw, like it's the difference between Pixar and like, like you were saying CG doesn't, doesn't age very well. Boy, if we, if we change off of Disney or Pixar after that, we're gonna see some movies from this time that do not look good. Like, yeah. That, like, yeah. That just look like hello, like just like whatever. Just because some kid was like, "Give me that!" It looks kind of like Toy Story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. how was the prince? So I'm gonna say the prince in this was Andy. I liked Andy. I thought you could really see the love he had for his toys even mm-hmm. from the very beginning, and I think we all identified or related to. You know, you go through stages as a kid with what you really love as far as like, you know, are you playing with trolls? Are you playing with Barbies? Are you playing with Ninja Turtles? You know, and I also like that he had girl like the trolls. kind. Of, that was a girl. Yeah. Troll and well, Bo I'm Pete wondering like yeah. his sister shared a room. So it almost mm. looked like maybe he played with some of her stuff. Maybe she played with some of his stuff. But I liked that. 
there was no like identifying. I guess he did identify. He drew his name on the bottom yes. of, of Buzz, mm-hmm. but we don't see his name on any of those other toys. Mm-hmm. So it is. I kind of like that both of them play with all of the toys for the most part. Or at least that's what it seems to be. Well, what did you guys think about Andy? Yeah, I I like how he takes really good care of his toys. Yeah. Um, yeah, like he's like he puts them away. Like I mean, you know, he comes up after himself. I was as a mom, a as a new answer. mom. Yeah. I that too, though, when he's like rounding up the cattle in the beginning, he's like putting them yeah. all where they go. Yeah. 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 He, he's a very good kid. Like I, I, I hope my son grows up to be like him a bit. I like his imagination with the boxes. Yes. How would he they was like they were a town, and then he turned them around, and they were cattle. And they were like, cattle oh, to rope. And then I loved his Buzz Lightyear. Uh, outfit he wears when he starts getting into Buzz Lightyear, and it's like a he's got pieces of cardboard for the wings, yes, uh-huh. and then, like it's like shoulder pads, and, and he's got like a helmet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, let's go with Sidekick and Henchman. I guess really just like I guess Scud was a henchman, but whatever. I guess not really. But though. yeah, I, we talked about how much we loved all these toys. And oh my gosh, yeah, so great. Did you, did you guys decide? Did you guys want to stick with Rex after the whole Rex thing? Rex is still, I think, my favorite out of all of them. Yeah, Rex is my fave. Yeah, you really like the shark. I like the shark. I, well, there's, so there's like the B level guys, like the, yeah. the supporting cast, and then the background guys. And I loved a lot of the background guys. The shark is my howdy howdy howdy. Um, I still <laughs> like Slinky Dog. I think he's mm. so. I like how mm. he's like loyal to woody but still like i love the face when he thinks he murdered that yes. long face yeah um uh you know he i also have a very like soft spot in my heart for jim varney um mm. uh let me see what else we got uh what was your favorite musical number well you've already said that you don't like randy newman so. number do you like the most <laughs> I do like the song You've Got a Friend in Me. It's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah. So I'll go with that. I think that's at the end, though, right? That one plays. I think it's the first song and the last song. And the last song, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they play it over the opening credits. They might, yeah. Maybe. I think they do. Can't remember. I kind of like the song, again, I wish it was somebody else, the one that's singing while, like, Woody is realizing how much uh, Andy likes Buzz. Oh, like, that montage because it's a yeah. little uh. bit minor key in spots. Mm-hmm. Like it's happy again, but it is that that one's a good one. Yeah, it can't, it's not as good as Friend as Me because I can't remember the name. But you know. yeah, um, so let's talk about real quick how it holds up. Uh, so guns and and firearms. I, I mean, mean, there's explosives. There's explosives. I think they set up. I think if anything, while they set up Sid to be this like let's blow up toys, I think what's that that's going to do for most kids. Is make them go, oh my god, he's horrible. He's hurting my toys yeah, who he's are alive. Like, I, think I don't want to hurt my toys. Yeah, that way. I think I don't yeah. think that's going to steer kids in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And like you no. said, you don't really see an explosion. I, True. But still, um, ethnic representation. It's toys. It is kind of an all white cast. But yeah. I mean, yeah. I, hopefully that I don't really know how well that changes changes. from movie to movie well i mean because they bring the same voices back but they do add new characters yeah i mean like the girl in toy story 3 or yeah andy gives his toys to like uh a latino family right i don't know i haven't seen toy story 3 yeah so i mean you know it changes have you seen the thing where the guy edited toy story 3 spoiler if you haven't seen toy story 3 skip forward a little bit but he just edits it so that the part where they're going into the furnace and they all start holding hands. Do you know what I'm talking about? Toy Story three. Yeah. And then it just fades to black, and then the credits start. And he showed. Oh his, my gosh. He showed his mom that version. Oh my goodness! Awful. Oh, oh like, no, that's what? awful. <laughs> so oh, terrible. No. Um, 
uh, I, you know, like, you know, there's also something to be said where this is a lot of throwback toys. I mean, you do look at the at the making of, and it's all a bunch of white dudes working on this. Yeah, so there's something uh, to be said about that. When we talk about female characters. I hate, I hate talking about, like, I want the, the listeners to know that I'm explaining why it is like it is. I'm not excusing the action. Yeah. Okay? No, I oh, yeah. Sure yeah. 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 Um, I was going to say, we a lot of times talk about female character agency. There weren't a lot of female toys. Mm-mm. There was no. Bo Peep. Kind of stereotypical. Yeah. And yeah. That, was, that, that was very addressed. It took them four movies to do something to with do that something character. To do something with her, yeah. And I, and I don't I exactly mean, know what they I mean, Toy Story 2 had, uh, what was, uh, Jodie Foster, was Jessie. it? Jesse. Jesse. Oh, no, Jessie. it's, uh. Or who is that? Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, again. I mean, this these movies. I think they're 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 Pixar, especially and Disney are both making better leaps to have better you know gender and uh, ethnic representation. So we're seeing the beginning, the, the the beginning stages of this where we're not seeing a lot of that. So just something to know. Yeah, I'm going into it drinking and smoking. Uh, Buzz Light beer is the only the, joke. The that. That joke, joke. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, female mm-hmm. characters are ethnic representation. So I think we've covered everything there, listeners. If you'll give us just a moment, I'm going to explain to Leanne about our infallible scientific villain ranking, and we'll be right back. All right, listeners, we are back. Uh, Leanne is an expert at this; she's ready to go. So let's start. <laughs> let's start with frightening for Sid. I think he's yeah. at least a four for me. I was gonna say four. He's pretty like what he's capable of doing because you see, you get to see what he does. You're like, oh wow, like I, I don't want him to touch my stuff. Yeah. You know, like and the fear that all the toys have, both the toys that yes. he's remade and the toys at Andy's house. The minute they hear Sid's back. They're super scared and they're scared mm-hmm. for whoever, even if they're not a toy that they know, they're scared for what's going to happen to that toy. I'm going to give Sid a three. Oh, and I'll just say because oh. the feeling I get from him, I don't think it's fear and you'll see what it is later. I think it's okay. disgust. Oh, I see <laughs> oh I okay. See okay. Yeah. Like, he does, That's like, fair. I see how he's yeah. scary to the toys. Yeah. And like, if we think about him on a serious level of this kid is like, you know, one is going through some you know, stuff. One yeah. Nirvana album away from a school shooting. Like yeah, so is, that's uh, actually that's the other part. It's like what he can grow to be. Yes, I yes, think. I, I mean, I, I don't think he's like. I think he has more real world frighteningness than he does actually I see in the that. thing. But yeah. I, mm. you know, so we got two fours and a three. Funny. I don't think he's funny at all. Oh no, no, I would give him a zero not. if I could. Yes, right. Uh, yeah, so, so one's, one's across all the board around. there. Uh, fierce. I'm. No, I'm uh, also gonna give him one. Uh, not at all. I think he has no real energy. Yeah, one. I, I like Sid as a bad he guy. Has... I think he's the perfect bad guy for this movie. But I think he's gonna rate pretty low. He has an energy and a presence, but not in a way that I would rate highly. Right. Right. Not in an energetic, yeah, like, like commanding way, flashy yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, effective. What do you guys think? I think so. I think his goals were to terrorize toys and to specifically blow up buzz so i don't think he he did well on blowing up buzz but like he is pretty effective i would give him a three oh my gosh i think i'm gonna give him a four okay i'm giving him a four Uh, too he has two guys are so simpatico i love it so here's the thing (laughs) is why i want to give him a four is like leanne said the tools but also we've seen all of the toys he's destroyed like and turned in other things and all of the dolls without heads that hannah has so yeah he has has, like many examples for a long time and no one yeah. in that house sees a problem with it. Okay. So yep. for me, 
I think he's been very successful. I agree with you that like his big goal, because he just ordered this rocket, is to blow up a toy. Not necessarily Buzz. It's supposed to be Woody first. But then he can't find Woody, so it's Buzz. Either way, he wants to blow up a toy with a rocket. So no, he doesn't yeah. do that. But I think he's destroyed many toys, which I think is his overall. Like his motivation is just to like destroy toys. Yeah, I would kind of equate like uh, Buzz Lightyear with the rocket as one battle of many. Yeah. And Sid is winning a war of destroying all, all toys. Right, okay. You guys have talked me into a four. Okay. I mean, we don't want to bully you. It's your your. You number. didn't bully me okay. at all. Um, <laughs> design. I think he's a one. I don't think he's very interesting looking. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the technology of the time. But in a movie that has such great designs for other characters. I will say... I thought it was interesting they gave him braces, right? He has braces. That, so I was actually going to so say that I too. That... I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him a two for the braces because I think that's a very yep. specific, you detailed thing. I was actually wow, Tara. Like you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> that was like I was going to bump it up to a two because of those braces, and I love how imperfect his teeth look. Yeah, so. well, yeah. Speaking yeah. of his imperfect, disgusting teeth. Those would be just one of the reasons. We all know how I feel about ugly teeth having oh my gosh. to the Jafar episode. After listening to again, in the Aladdin episode, Ryan, when Jafar is that old man, and I love him in that disguise, wow. Ryan cannot handle wow. how long and spaced out those teeth are. Well, I'm going to go ahead. Because of the way he makes me feel, like I said, he when I see, I get disgusted. I, again, I think Sid is the perfect villain for this movie. Yes. Yeah. He gets a five from Go for Away. Go away he, no, I see that. Uh, because he is ki- he is legitimately killing toys. He is got the disgusting teeth. He is just an annoying kid. I think he gets – I, I don't think you need to me. make your case like – I think you should make your case because that's what we're doing here. But I don't think you need to defend your number to us because I'm also going to give him a five because I'm like, ugh, Sid. Like, I don't <laughs> want – yeah. Sid to be in this world. I think you're right. He needs to be for the movie's sake, for the story's sake. But I it make yeah, I don't care for him at all. Yeah, he's like that really mean, horrible kid on the block. So, so yeah, so yeah totally like too. a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because I do like Sid in this movie. Like I don't like Sid, but I it's more like I like that they triumph over Sid. Yes, and I like that mm-hmm. Sid, he gets what's coming to him. Yeah, you Through the toys yes. that he destroyed, they get to switch, they get to turn the tables on yes, him. Yes, but if they were like, we'd like to do a movie, like we want to do like a Cruella or Maleficent, but a it's just called Sid. A backstory on Sid? No, like, no, I don't, no, thank, no you. thank you. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with what I know about Sid. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing like a maybe a five minute short of what does he do after he got like scared to death? Yeah, like what he well, like does he life. does he repair all the does he fix all the toys back to what they were supposed to like be? Like the baby yeah. in the Incredibles, like what happened with her and Jack Jack? Yes, yeah, <laughs> <Did you ever laughs> exactly. See that, that, that short. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you guys think for yes factor? A one. Yeah, again, that was yeah, a one. Zero. One. I, like, I almost forgot all about Sid till he came. I was like, oh, God, Sid. I mean, I didn't because of the <laughs> research we did. But, yeah, I'm with you. At first, I had to think, like, who is the villain in this? And at first, I was like, is it Zorg? And I was like, we don't really ever see Zorg in this one. He's in, like, a later one, <laughs> He's in right? two. And yeah. he's got this. I think it's interesting. We're, we're jumping ahead. But um, I think it's interesting he has the same... Uh, thing is buzz where he thinks it's really happening yes. uh-huh. um so he has i love a, that so uh he has a 17.3 okay so where does he fall on our current list oh that puts him he is tied 
Oh, he's below King John. Good, good. Uh, Ryan uh, oh. gets very upset. You mean Prince John. Prince John. He's, he's when king to me. people rate above Prince John. But Sid from Toy Story is tied for 25th with King Louis. That's not bad. Leanne, thank you so much for uh, doing this. Uh, we're excited to have you back. I think I have you on for a few different... <laughs> <laughs> We've asked you back for a few, but I think the next one you're on, are you doing Tangled with us? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. We ask our guests if you want to plug something, whether it's a personal project or some piece of media or whatever you've been enjoying during the pandemic or just a sentiment you want to put out in the world. Uh, let us know. Go ahead and plug away. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm actually part of a uh, game animator uh, diversity group. Um, we, yeah, it's a nonprofit that, um, works to like support underrepresented, uh, groups in the game industry. And, you know, we put out like little like mentorships and scholarships for applicants that, you know, that, uh, are interested in pursuing those sorts of things and furthering their career. So, um, yeah, visit our site at animfund.org. Um, that'd be pretty awesome. Anim fund, A N I M fund. Yes. Dot O R G. Okay. Well, we'll put that up on all our social media. Soon yeah, that's as we fantastic. Get that. so, so check that out, guys. Um, up next, speaking of uh, <laughs> racial sensitivity, up next is Pocahontas. Oh boy! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Um, I'm gonna have a real hard time with this one because I loved be it as a child, but I know what I'm in for, so I'm 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 ready for We're it. We're also <laughs> hopefully gonna take it from a pretty critical lens, guys. So don't don't worry about that. Um, yeah. We've reached out to some, uh, you know, people, some First Nations people and Indigenous Americans. So hopefully we'll get some of that perspective in there, which I think will be good. But uh, until that, until then, yes. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is to at trpdiaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh